Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm Brian Wayne, and this is episode 56. This week I'll be raising my glass to the books that came out on the 13th of November 2019, as well as talking about other things relevant to the world of comic books. So, full disclosure, this is mostly a spoiler-based podcast, but I do have timestamps in the description, so if there's something you need to skip to or not ready to hear about yet... Do it that way, and uh, otherwise, this is a very vulgar podcast. I've been known to say a lot of naughty words, so sensitive ears, you've been warned. So, before I move on, I actually have a special guest host joining me this week, and he's been actually a familiar voice on this podcast. You know him from IR Zach, the YouTube sensation. What's up, Zach? Hello. What's up? Dude, I'm ready to talk comics, man. Fucking comics. Fucking comics, indeed. (laughs) We've got our whiskey gingers. I've uh, I've already gone through a whiskey ginger on the not recorded pre-show. We should probably record these pre-shows and stuff when I've got guest hosts. Didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like we always spent like an hour talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A whole, I mean, we could have done a whole therapy session to be honest. With it. Fuck. God damn. <laughs> <sighs> well, there, there. Yeah, there's so. Oh, there's plenty to talk about. That's for damn sure. Let's. Let's start with some news. You actually brought up uh, a little bit of news. So about, y- yeah. So yeah. So since it's uh, Alan Moore's birthday, uh, an interview he did a couple years ago resurfaced, and where he says some unflattering things about comic books and superheroes and just the whole industry in general. So he he says that he kind of he kind of pulls a Bill Maher and says that comic books are for uh, adults now who don't want to be children, and they were originally for children back in the day. And then he says, um, he says that comic books have become embarrassing. He says uh, he even hits on like race issues. He says that like, <laughs> he says that comic book comic books are a breeding ground for white white supremacy. And he says this all with, within one paragraph. He go he goes from he goes from you guys are man children. Comic books are embarrassing. Superheroes are killing the industry and you're racist all in like one paragraph well to be fair the last time alan moore was actually seen in public uh he was at a uh, walgreens drugstore picking up his medication (laughs) 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 i mean yeah yes he did some i mean to be fair yeah i'm not gonna hate on the guy but he's he's i don't know he's a nihilist he's He's a, uh. It's it's like it really it really threw me off guard because you know he's saying that comic books are supposed are superhero comic books are supposed to be for children, and now now there are a bunch of adults who want to be children, 
when he's one of the main pioneers of of the adult superhero stories. So like and, Watchmen, that, that, and, that, 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 and that's my point exactly. Is the guy he's uh, he did some stuff. It didn't work out well for him. For him, yeah. His his his, his work went on to be. Uh, I mean, obviously, incredibly popular and famous, and you know. But when it came down to it, he didn't get taken with that, so he's gonna be naturally cynical, and yeah. he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna try to get people to not go along with it. And I don't know. He's, to me, he's he's that toxic fan base that you know he's he's the worst when he, it comes to that. It's like it's like he wants so bad to be seen as this like revolutionary writer and like somebody who's just like never done the things that he's done. But what he doesn't realize is that he is seen as a revolutionary writer yes. and everybody recognizes that no one's done what he's done. And but, that's what makes it, he's fucking crazy, dude. And then he goes on to talk crap about his own work and about and about the medium in which he chose to make his work. So it's like, you know, if you hear him talk about the killing joke, he's just like, yeah, I don't care about the killing joke. I just did that for money. And it's like, and that's like one of the greatest Batman stories ever told, ever he's written. He's such a cunt, man. He's, uh. <laughs> I said, I, 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 this is trending all day on Twitter. And I even like made a tweet about it. I was like, if I didn't respect his work so much, I would just reply with, okay, boomer. <laughs> 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 he is. I mean, he is the fucking, <laughs> there it is right there. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen the meme yet of him uh, with the okay, boomer on him? No. Okay, then that, you've just made it. <sighs> Somebody get on that, Jesus Christ, because that's exactly... I mean, I'm not into the whole fucking trendy boomer, you know, hashtag culture <laughs> shit. I think it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> even it's, though it's good. <laughs> I'm one of the... I'm not, I'm not necessarily a boomer, but yeah, no. I, uh, uh, I, my, my head's all thrown off there now. God <laughs> so, damn it. So yeah, this this definitely had like massive different reactions on 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 uh, on Twitter. Some people being like, he's completely right. Superheroes are killing the genre. But like all the people who were saying this were all talking about Marvel movies. So they're saying like Marvel movies are killing the movie industry when when, when Alan Moore was just straight talking about just superhero comics. And like, oh, he also said that current creators are spineless and cowards. He said that... <sighs> He said that 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 the comic book creators now don't fight for for their work like they did back in the day, like they did like, like their creators of Superman. Because days. independent creators don't have to fight for shit anymore. That's, because that's, exactly that's the what point yeah. of being an independent creator. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much said to I, I made like a like a massive tweet, and I was just like, you know, like one DC and Marvel and Image and all these people aren't like nearly as bad as they were back in the day. Like they 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 have more respect for their creators now. So they don't have to fight as much. Well, yeah. Look at uh, the the power that they've handed over to. Just two off the top of my head, the two most powerful beings in Marvel are Jonathan Hickman and Donny Cates. Yeah, they have the biggest universes going in Marvel, and they they are not being told no. Yeah, they they are allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, Donny Cates has created uh, so much. So I mean. Cosmic Ghost Rider, yeah, some can argue that, <laughs> is that really original? You just kind of put two characters and gave them a weird, you know, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, wildly popular. Yeah. Wildly popular. So yeah, you can give them that credit. Uh, but then you've got the obvious credit of Venom. Yeah. Just changed the entire Venom yeah. universe. Noel is here to stay. Uh, I, I mean, Noel is essentially this going to be this generation's Galactus as far as the power that we're going to have to fuck with in yeah. Marvel. So you have to give some respect to this. So to say that these even, uh, I mean, creators are spineless and they're, they don't fight for their work, 
this is some shit that just 10 years ago yeah marvel would say you're fucking crazy yeah donny kates go try to write god country 2 which is ironic because it's something that could never happen because <laughs> it's a single story i mean it just proves yeah how clueless marvel was 10 20 years ago yeah. and i would say dc's been doing this been handing over like to handing over ideas to the creators for like even longer because like it sounds like every five years Whoever the most popular creator is becomes the head of the DC universe. Right. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of Jeff Johns right now. Is yeah. Shit so with yeah, the, well, the Doomsday I say, Clock. I would say he's slowly going out. And Scott well, Snyder's yeah, no, that, that's on his. That's that's his fault. Yeah. Because of all the delays he's had on yeah. everything he's working on, everything he has his name tied to is delayed. Yeah. Shazam is actually delayed seventeen weeks when it's all <laughs> said and done. This book started. Uh, 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 December yeah. of last year, and we just got issue seven. That is dumb. Yeah, that is and dumb. we're not getting issue eight until uh, December, and yeah, so which would push it seventeen weeks. Yeah, it, yeah, and then I would say Jeff Johns early two thousands definitely ran DC, and then I mean like like he even became the creative creative director for DC for a while, didn't he? And then and then Grant Morrison came up, and then with Final Crisis, you know, he kind of emerged, he kind of melded DC for a while, and then he kind of handed off the reins to Scott Snyder. So it seems like everybody who writes for Justice League at one point ends up becoming the the head of DC and not head but like head of the creative force of the the story. So so like you know DC has been really good to their creators for a long time, you know. It's like if you're good, we'll let you do whatever the hell you want. So so to say that the character or to say that creators are spineless, it's like well if they are, they don't have to be uh non-spineless or have a spine because they're getting treated well now. And then also to say that comic books is a is a den of white supremacy is ridiculous it's just like <laughs> it's, it's like I, I will i will say that like there is a small group that it that is that is kind of lean, alt right leaning and they make their voices loud but that's not nearly representative of comic books as a whole i mean like love him or hate him james tinian is going to be the first lgbtq batman writer it's that's, like yeah i guess that's true so it's like it's like if comic book was white supremacy it's like the biggest name in DC other than Superman wouldn't be written by an LGBTQ writer. It's very true. So, so okay, yeah. boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. We could probably end it on that note because that, that could not be more of a true statement. Yeah, it's okay, boomer. Fucking Grant Morrison. <laughs> Respect you, but shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's like, you're not allowed to talk anymore. And the, the people resurfacing that shit, too. Like, come on. Yeah. What, what, what are you trying to do here? It's just because you don't like the fucking HBO shit right now, which I'm not I'm not giving the time of day at the moment. Not necessarily because I don't care. I just got comic. I mean, I got comics <laughs> to read. I'd rather be watching The Mandalorian or something else better, honestly. But you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't talk about that. Can't talk about that. <laughs> uh, let, let's, let's move on with the news. We got a... We do got a few things. Uh, Justice League. Okay, so we got an, an announcement on who is at least going to be taking on issue 41 and 42 after Schneider ends it. And that's going to be uh, Robert Venditti. And that's going to be taking place in February. So, yeah, issue number 40 they're going to take off. And then 41, I think Doug Man, or Doug Man, he's going to be on the art for 40. And then I forget who's going to be on 41, but. I, I just didn't continue to care because it sounds like they don't really have anybody set for the art at this point. 
But, yeah, it's, it's in the previews, so there you go. It's kind of sad because, you know, I think a book always shines better when they have a, a good duo, like a, like that somebody that stays on it for a long time. Yeah, well, and um, I as much as I love Doug Mankey, and I, it would be great to see him draw in the Justice League, he needs to stay on fucking Detective Comics. Yeah. Because that's <laughs> so fucking good, man. God damn, is he so good on Detective Comics. Uh, Nebula is getting a solo series. This is her first time getting a uh, her own her own title. It's five issues. Uh, Vita Ayala is doing it with Claire Rowe. So yeah, fucking a. I guess the the movies have sparked a popularity and she's a cool character. Spoken. Yeah, she, she is a cool fucking character. Yeah. That's for sure. I don't know if from what I've read lately is you know made me think oh she needs her own book. But as, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm gonna give it at least yeah, one a shot. You know, that's kind of the thing about like a good solo book is like some of the books that you read, you're like, you would have never thought that they would get a solo book or that you needed it, and then you read it, it's like, oh shit! Like, like if you remember Mister Miracle? It's like who would have ever yeah. thought Mister Miracle was would need a solo book? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Who knows, man? Who knows? And I know I'm not. I don't remember being disappointed uh, reading Vita Ayala's work lately, so. Fucking okay, But my my biggest piece of news this week. <laughs> Been teased all week on the Twitter if you're a Tom Taylor follower. And if you're a follower of this podcast, you know that Deceased is my shit, has been my shit, will always be my shit. It didn't take long for this book to continue on. You <laughs> <laughs> just oof, keep it going. They're going to do it with a three-issue miniseries, all three issues, 48 pagers, Carl, um, uh, Mostert? I'm not, I'm not actually familiar with the, uh, the pencil here, but Trevor Scott's doing the, the colors, so that's badass for sure. I'm into it. For, did you read Deceased at all? I, it's one of those ones I'm waiting for the trade. I, oh, it's man. like, I'm, but I do really want to read it, and the only reason I'm waiting for the trade is because I missed the first issue, uh. and it was sold out at Mile High, so it's just like, shit <laughs> uh, so now I'm waiting for the trade to come out so I can read it but I, it's, I really do want to read it it's it's incredible it's my it's my mini series of the year for sure it, it's I mean it, th- this book has solidified my the, the the fact that Tom Taylor is the greatest comic book writer alive right now oh, sh- oh shit yeah. <laughs> That's, he, are... he is he is and uh, I'm not even it's not that I I don't even think I'm gonna be as bold as to say that's not a bold statement. Me saying that's not bold is bold. <laughs> well, after I read De- uh, Deceased, I'm gonna come back here and then we'll have an, a talk about that because with like people like Grant Morrison and Scott Snyder alive right now, who are both just great writers, it's that's bold. Yeah, bold. if if you look at his repertoire this year, as far as the types of stories he's done from, well, he he's written the single greatest. Uh, one uh, uh, single issue story of the year in Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number six for me. It was okay. to me it was the best story, and it was that uh, it was just uh, emotion, just yeah. pure emotion. And then you get deceased, which is like holy fuck, dude! This guy knows how to kill people. <laughs> this guy is so good at killing people. That's awesome. And, and then you look at his other stuff. I mean, anything else he's done, he's he's just knows he. 
He knows how to give each character an individual voice. Yeah. He knows how to make the letterer's job so easy. Yeah. Because you just read the dialogue, uh, the, uh, the script that's laid out, that Taylor lays out, and you know who's talking. You don't have to line up who the talk bubble goes to. And that's that's how fucking good yeah, he is. Yeah, man, that's... That's always a bitch whenever you have he's, to do that. He's, he's, he's the shit. So to to get this deceased, it's called Unkillables. So it's going to follow the some of the bad guys that made slight appearances in Deceased, but uh, he... Spoilers, he didn't kill everybody, but a lot of motherfuckers died. <laughs> but this is, yeah, uh, obviously a few live on, and, and it sounds like it's going to follow some villains. The first teaser cover, it looked like, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it looked like a deceased Splinter, so I thought we were gonna get a deceased crossover yeah. for a second. I haven't seen the r- how the rest of that cover fares out, yeah. but they did expose two other covers, which were still done by Francesco Mattina, yeah. which is gonna be that much closer to me because he's my favorite cover artist in <laughs> comics. So this is just everything about this is Brian. I love it. <laughs> it's like one of those books that just like speaks to you. Yeah, it, it really does, man. It does. It's fucking brilliant uh so that's all i've got for news let's let's get into some overviews man uh i'm not sure what you've read this week i'll kind of find out as we go along i guess Uh, (laughs) yeah i'm gonna start out with marvel did you read any marvel this week no okay well i think i've read i honestly haven't like read anything in a long time okay but well you're gonna get filled in at least on uh four books here i'm really interested in this Oh yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Now, so we're gonna start out with Guardians of the Galaxy number eleven. Donny Cates is uh, his Guardian story is ending <coughs> at twelve. So, math says this is the second to the last story. We've got Donny Cates, Corey Smith, Victor Olazaba, and David Curiel on the artistic team. Jeff Shaw and Dean White did the cover. So, uh, to fill you in real quick, just know that the team is all over the place. uh, Star-Lord's daddy is the future head of the Universal Church of Truth, and that's bad. And (laughs) uh, he has sentenced his son to death by the Destroyer Horde, which is led by the reincarnated Drax. Mm -hmm. Drax died in the Infinity War arc that happened... Fuck, I guess about a year ago now. So Drax's been dead a year until now. So, uh, Guardians show up. Rocket's dying. He's in this crazy, uh, almost looks like a, a Ed 209 suit. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> but it's the only thing keeping Rocket alive. Um, uh... Yeah, team kind of all let's let's come together, let's split up, come back together. Then everybody shows up. Gamora shows up with fucking everybody, and uh, I mean everybody. Uh, just a few off the top of my head: uh, Beta Ray Bill, uh, Darkhawk, <laughs> Lockjaw, Cosmo. So I mean, all over the place. Yeah, as Donny Cates would do. But I get really, really, really confused for a moment because we get a moment where uh, Moon Dragon, she's Moon Dragoning, and then it looks like Gamora and her crew is getting ready to attack her, and I can't tell what the fuck's happening here. Yeah, I will say that there's a few times in this issue visually that I just, I, no matter how long I 
I tried to read it, how many pages I went back to try to gain reference. I was really confused as to what the fuck was actually happening. Yeah. But in the end, it all came down to, uh, despite all of that, you know, all of these motherfuckers, the, uh, Jason, Jason, or Star Lord's actual daddy, it's not ego. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not a thing. Um, yeah, he actually he captures everybody and sentences them to conversion, cause church. Cause church. Yeah, yeah. So looks like all's lost, but Rocket made it. Rocket made it, but his uh, another thing that confused me is he he'd be cool if it wasn't for Beta Ray Bill's hammer flying through his fucking suit and cutting it in half. So I don't know. Once again, I thought yeah. they were all here to help each other, and and then they're fighting. Yeah, and yes, yeah, so I don't. That didn't look like an accident either. Hmm. So. I don't know, but because uh, Groot's able to do this thing where he's got the little baby Groots now, the little bunch of baby Groots are able to free Rocket from the thing, and he's only got, well, not much time left before he's completely dead, so the last shot is him walking down this hallway, ready to go try to save everyone as a sick, dying, emaciated squirrel with a 6,200-pound gun. (laughs) Do you think there's going to be like a twist in the last issue? Yeah. Because it's well, so like, because you said it didn't seem like it was an accident that he got chopped in half by Beta Ray Bill. Yeah. So it could like next issue could come along, maybe he's actually with the church or some or some shit. Well, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's, it was it was just confusing. I don't yeah. even know if it would be so much as a twist as to we miss something or yeah. I miss something. Or yeah. I don't. I, I'm not sure because. It's, it's, the, there's been a lot of splitting up going on in this story. And, yeah, it's been fun and entertaining. It's just, uh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, my whole focus has been on Rocket because I feel like that's what the solicits have been focusing on. The yeah. covers have been, you know, Rocket's death. Rocket's yeah. death. That's been a thing for two issues now. Rocket's still alive. <laughs> um, and we know Rocket's coming back when Al Ewing takes over Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> next because the cover is Rocket Raccoon yeah. fucking holding a gut. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's, regardless, it's Donny Cates, so I'm, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah. Whether or not it's going to mean anything, I don't know. Um, unless Noel comes into it or something like that, Cosmic Ghost Rider. Well... He has been in this story here and there, actually working for. Well, yeah, the bad guy. So I don't fucking know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's Guardians of the Galaxy. Carrying on, we got some Dawn of X. You were telling me before we started recording that you're not really in tune with what's been going on in Hickman's X-Men universe. I, I have not. I read uh, the first issue. Was it the Dawn, Dawn of X or Powers of X? Well, yeah, there's House, House of, of X. X. House of yeah. X or Powers of X. All right, so uh, do you have like four or five hours I could see? <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been kind of keeping up with it, so I, I, I know about like half of it. So, so, so like, I, and I have the first issue of X-Men, but I don't have any of the other issues because I because I didn't know what I wanted to get and what I didn't want to get. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll help you out a little bit because I got two to talk about this week. I'm gonna start with Fallen Angels. Yeah. And uh, if there's one reason alone to get Fallen Angels, it's Simon Kurdansky's art. That's what sold me on it. Yeah. Well, there's two things that sold me on it. Uh, one, Simon Kurdansky, and two, 
based off the cover, we I know that this is where Laura Kenny's gonna end up because yeah. she is yet to be spoken of in yeah. Hickman's universe, and she's my favorite mutant. So, yes, uh, obviously this is a pickup for me. Brian Hill's writing it, so you know there's going to be a big payoff at the end. Uh, Frank Darmada's coloring, Simon Kudansky's art, so that's fucking exciting. So yeah, and then Ashley Witter did an amazing cover. So all around, just based off of, without even getting into the story, there's a lot of reasons to pick up this book. But essentially, this is following Psylocke. And if you haven't been reading, uh, which you haven't been, this probably this could either be really ultra confusing or not nearly as confusing because I went into this book confused under the premise of what the fuck I thought Psylocke wasn't a thing anymore based off of what I just read in Excalibur yeah. because Betsy Braddock says I'm not Psylocke anymore I'm uh, Captain Britain now yeah but there's well, there's two different Psylocks though. yes. So, yeah, yeah uh, we, we've got, uh, uh, well, I, f- I forget what they call her, uh, but, yeah, she's Psylocke now, and, yeah, yeah, fuck, I don't know, why, why didn't I, I, f- I totally forgot her fucking name, but. So, so is this the Psylocke that whose brain, is, or whose consciousness is in somebody else's body, or is this the original Psylocke? Uh, I believe this would be the original Psylocke. Yes. Yes. Fuck, I can't believe I didn't write down her name. Totally forgot it. But, so, what, what's going on here is, uh, we, we, we have our Psylocke, and she gets this weird message, this vision from this unknown source saying, watch out for this motherfucker called Apoth. So, this is apparently a whole new thing. This is the first mention of Apoth, and Apoth is really, uh, seemingly this mysterious cyber gangster. And he is manufacturing drugs. But it's not your typical put it in your your body drugs so much as uh, downloaded into your brain drugs because drugs are really just a release of chemicals and if you could do that via technology then bam hit yeah. a button and uh, get off so that's that's kind of what this whole storyline seems to be at least this first arc seems to be circulating around. So does this have like a more cyberpunk feel to it? Yeah. That's kind of dope. I might actually read this now. Well, yeah, because it, it feels like it's going to be in its own thing. Because these are following the mutants that are like, Krakow is cool and all, but I don't want to be here. Yeah. And so it's, it's yeah, it's, it follows uh, uh, Laura Kinney, X-23, uh, Young Cable. Yeah. So Young Cable's a thing now. Hmm. Um, well, it has been, really, so yeah. in the last year. But this is the cable they're going with, so that's cool. And, of course, Psylocke. Yeah. Well, Psylocke goes up to Magneto. Magneto's the shit. You'll find out once you start reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he is the shit in Krakoa. He's yeah. got his... Uh, dude, on this panel of her walking up to Magneto, it's just... Oh, fuck, it's so beautiful. Like I said, Simon Kudansky's art. <laughs> but she says, look, uh, I, I want to do this. And Magneto says, technically, that thing you want to do is breaking rules. Don't think I could do that. But I know a motherfucker that might go see Mr. Sinister. She's like, all right, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I want to go see Mr. Sinister. Mr. Sinister says, would you want me to break some rules? She's like, well, yeah. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, But I think you're going to need some help. And that's where uh, Cable and Laura come in. Uh, But at first, Laura says, no Cable. 
We're, he, 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 we shouldn't take him. But he, he still shows up anyway and all circles around. And, yeah, they do what they got to do. And this is all, once again, uh, they're going to Japan is actually what it is because that's where the message directs them from about Apoth. And when they try to get to where they think Apoth is, it's these a bunch of kids that are and kind of got this whole we are Negan type of thing, we are Apoth type yeah. of thing. So within a consciousness of the kids, and it's all creepy and children of the corn like. And ugh. you are selling me on this book. Like so far, you've mentioned uh, cyberpunk, uh, Japan, creepy kids. Like that's all shit that I love. <laughs> uh, and it's totally. I mean, that, I'm not <coughs> even. I didn't even mention all the crazy, awesome dark twisted flashback scenes of uh psylocke and it's it's destroying me that i can't remember the name it's gonna be in the first page too hang on I'm fucking <laughs> oh good lord what is her name it's killing me quanin bam first page got it quanin that's the one there you go go ahead and have a flip through that it's fucking gorgeous man fucking gorgeous Let's keep this going. X-Men number two. Now, you say you did pick up X-Men number one. Uh, yeah. I can tell you, what, uh, without spoiling anything, I can tell you what to expect. And it's them introducing the X-Men, or the main X-Men team, as the Summers family. Like, that's that's our X-Men team. Yeah. So, they're going to, and X-Men number two, they're going to just pick three of them, put them on a mission. That's what's happening here. We've got Jonathan Hickman. Awesome. Lionel Francis Yu, Jerry Alanguillon, Alanguillon? Nope. And Sonny Go. And cover also by Yu and Go. So, Cyclops, not Cyclops, yes, Cyclops. It's going to follow Cyclops, uh, his boy Cable, and Prestige, his daughter. That's his daughter, right? Yeah, it'd be his daughter. I don't know, he fucks a lot. These <laughs> <laughs> like, X-Men be fucking That's really what seems to be the, What this universe is about now I mean there is a lot of Orgy Who's fucking who right? uh, yeah, there, yeah there's Who's fucking who For sure Who fucked it So Answer All of them Well You're gonna love Who's fucking who In this one And it's not a, It's not so much as a Who's fucking who As a what's fucking what oh. Cyclops No No <laughs> So Cyclops gets where the uh, Krakoa, the island of Krakoa, is moving at a weird rate, a weirdly odd, quick rate towards another island. <laughs> These islands are gonna fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. Make a bigger, bigger island, a better island. Ah, uh, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cyclops, Cable, and Prestige—they go to investigate because uh, they they figure out where Krakoa is headed. So they say, "Let's get here first. We've got four hours before Krakoa gets here." They, they I mean, uh, they don't know that Krakoa is on its way to fuck. Yeah. Because keep in mind, Krakoa is a, a living being in yeah. itself. So, yeah, uh, they go to Aroka. Arako? They mention it in one of the House or Powers books. I'm going to guess it was a Powers book. But when they get there, uh, w once they get there, we, we go over to another Powers of X reference, and that is these uh, summoners. And the summoner, we get this meeting. Uh, it's it kind of confusing at first, but when it all came together... And the most Hickman of fashions, it made it, you know, very 
rewarding. So, uh, this this weird summoner thing meets the X-Men in the field. They can't understand each other. Yeah. They, they speak in English and whatnot, but eventually after... Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> it's, it's great. So they... Fuck. It, it's so good. They meet in the field, and at first there's no hostility. Cable... He's like, you know what, dude? Here, hang on to this. Hands him this shiny silver thing. Yeah. But what shiny silver thing would Cable be holding that doesn't explode? That doesn't explode. Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> so, so he hands this weird young si- uh, summoner thing, this thing, and he's playing with it. And he's like, you know, I think we got this shit. It's cool. And Cyclops, he's asking him, well, what did you do? He's like, I just gave him a... He's like, you gave him a fucking grenade? And, of course, <laughs> you see the summoner go, ooh, what's this? Blows up. <laughs> it, it blows up. Well, it doesn't do anything but piss him off. Uh, yeah. And now, you know, he's he's angry. Well, the, the resolution to all this is Prestige saying, you now know Krakoan. Gets mm-hmm. all up into his head, teaches him the language of Krakoan. Mm-hmm. So now they can communicate. And really what it comes down to is them saying, why is our island coming to your island? He's like, you ever heard of love, bro? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like, You ever want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, these islands are about to fuck. <laughs> and uh, that happens. So, fucking <laughs> 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 it. Uh, it's, dude, I'm telling you, uh, Hickman is all about... Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, is that sodomy? I don't, I don't know. Dude, I don't even know. I, I don't know. At least it's not like incest. Like, wasn't it like the old? Well, I don't know. I mean, they've got. Uh, if you rearrange, if you arrange the the letters in their name, they're very similar. Uh, as a matter of uh, Aroka and uh, Krakoa, yes, they do have the same letters. So they could be brother and sister islands. What's up with X Men and incest? Like, it just needs to stop. <laughs> We're gonna get a. That's how mutants are made, bro. <laughs> I mean, at least in our life, <laughs> mutants are just inbred. They're all just inbred. Fuck, dude. That's. Uh, I mean, the Hills of Eyes is a modern age uh, uh, X Men. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying on. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I dig X-Men, dude. I think you will, too. One thing that's making me a little apprehensive is uh, I've read only one, I've only read one thing by Jonathan Hickman, and that was, have you read the, the Black Monday Murders? Uh-uh. It's like, it's his image comic book. It's like kind of like a horror mystery comic book. And it's good. Like, the, like the writing's good and everything, but it's just, it just drags on. So, so like, it just takes forever to go anywhere. Oh, and I hated Powers of So, so yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, um... He just makes it overly complicated, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like, unlike, like, I, I recognize the, the similar things going into the X Men, the powers of ten, and, and House of X, and like, I like the the weird symbols that that you have to like translate and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. That's also in Black Monday Murders. Yeah, so, no, so I was like, I was like, I don't. Do I really want to spend the time to get into this right now? You do. So you, you 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 do. I thought the same thing reading through it, but when it all came down to it. I mean, like I said, I'm to this day I'm still frustrated with Powers of Ten. Yeah. But it, it, that that frustration is slowly starting to deplete because my moments of frustration came from three page uh, spreads of them focusing on the Summoner. I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? What am I reading right now? Yeah. And then I realize, oh, 
this is what you're setting up. Mm-hmm. Okay, rewarding in the end. And yeah. that's what you, you're to expect out of Hickman. Yeah. You're going to get a whole lot of, I don't know if any of this is going to mean anything, but when it means something, it, it's worth it. Yeah. So, uh, I, I would say go for it. I would uh, say go for it. I, I have... Uh, I had the whole run of Powers and House. I just haven't read it yet, and I have the first and second issue of X Men. So, right on, man. So right on. Caught up. Yeah, no, there's there's very few out of this new Dawn era that I I wouldn't recommend. Yeah, but uh, X Men and Fallen Angels are definitely up there for sure. There's like ten of them, isn't there? There's six. more. Six. I six, and there'll be seven once they hit Wolverine. Yeah, which is an obvious pickup. So. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on who you are, I know. My roommate hates Wolverine. Ah, uh, well, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm, you know, I'm definitely gonna give it a shot. That's for sure. I'm, I'm more of the person who's like, I'm, I'm indifferent. Like, I don't have, the, I don't have a strong love or hate for Wolverine. She's like, he's, he's a cool character. It's not so much that I love or hate the character, or uh, I mean, is why I'm so attracted to the Wolverine books as much as. I feel like I should at least know what the fuck's happening with Wolverine. He's yeah. at least one of the most popular He's characters. A big player, so yeah. I, I, with what I do, I should know. Thankfully, most of the Wolverine stuff has been pretty enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, like there's there's definitely like a handful. Like it's a pretty big handful, I guess, of, of like the most important players in the Marvel universe. He's definitely one of them. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So you, like you gotta know what's going on with him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, carrying on, let's let's move on to Punisher Soviet. Punisher Soviet number one. Garth Dennis is back on Punisher. Jason Burroughs doing art. Guillermo Ortego and Nolan Woodard doing the finishes. Paulo Rivera did the cover. Uh, are you a Punisher fan? I'm a Garth Ennis fan. I did not know this was coming out. Oh man, this is uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this is refreshing. Uh, I, I was a massive, massive fan of Rosenberg's Punisher run, yeah. which is now done. So I have a Punisher gap in my life, but that gap only lasted two weeks because because this because of this. Yeah, and that gap was filled really quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was as far as Punisher goes. I guess I, it kind of makes me a whore. Uh, I jumped <laughs> <right>. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but, Rosenberg uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I. I will, I mean, I will stay, still say that my personal favorite run of Punisher is still Rosenberg's yeah. run, but this is, the it, it didn't take any steps back. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, the 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 most refreshing thing for me is a Marvel book where you see the word "fuck" written out without asterisks, not just a couple of times where they get their PG thirteen. We can let it slide. Amount of fucks. Yeah. It's. A Punisher book is going to say fuck, especially when there's angry, drunk Russians in it. <laughs> especially, <laughs> I mean, like, if you're familiar with Garth Ennis's like work, like it just kind of makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. he's not gonna write something that's mellow. And it even has the Max, the the Max logo at the bottom. Yeah. So that's I haven't seen that since well, Punisher Max. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, as far as the the plot of the story. <coughs> Castle's pissed off at some Russians. He's going to find out what the fuck's going on with these Russians, and the Russians are going to set him up, and he's going to be not necessarily ready, but he's going to survive, and he's going to get through, and he's going to fuck some more Russians up, and he's going to live on to fuck Russians up for four more issues. (laughs) That's what you're going to... Oh, and he's going to shoot shit? (laughs) So so this is only going to be four issues long? Uh, uh, Five. 
five issues long. Yeah, so f- uh, four issues after this. This is definitely going to go on my list. Uh, it's, it's, it's great, man. I, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to be able to continue to talk about on the overviews. Yeah. But just because, I mean, that's that's how a Punisher book should be paced. More killing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not a man of a whole lot of words, and at the same time, neither are Russians. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, this is this is awesome. The, the, this is a letterer's dream book. It's, it's like it's like issue two, grunts and murder. Issue, yeah. Issue three, grunts and murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, uh, I mean, this book really falls falls on the shoulders of the artist to carry, you know, make sure the pacing and the, you know, the coloring doesn't stay stagnant and stale. And no, it's, yeah. it's not just him r- running through. I mean, he's, he's talking to different people. There's scene changes. You definitely, it, it, it's paced well, man. I mean, it's Garth Dennis. So yeah. it's uh, the, the beats and the scripts that these artists are getting. It's Jason Burroughs. Yeah. We're good. We're good. Punish your fans. You're, you're good. Uh, let's, Let's keep it going. That's actually it for Marvel. Small week for Marvel. That's that's not something I gotta say very often. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna carry on to indies. We're gonna throw the indies in the middle this time. I don't think I've ever done that. And all yeah, I don't I don't think I've done that yet. Not that it fucking matters. Go <laughs> uh, Go Power Rangers number twenty five. Ryan Parrot. I think I finally learned how to say his name. I've been calling him Parrot for quite some time. Could be Perot. You never know. I thought Perot too, but. Uh, I, I've said Perot. I don't think that's it. I think Perot, at least, I mean, if you go by most of the English rules, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I mean, English rules are, that's that's like an oxymoronic they're type of... They're fluid. They're fluid. Like, the yeah. rules in English are very loose. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ryan Perot. Cena <laughs> <laughs> Grace, got that one. Francesco Mortorino and Raulo Angulo, covered by Jiao? J-I-O-U. I don't know. Another butchered name. So, uh, I've been going on and on about how I'm confused about what the fucking Omega Ranger is, and, you know, my Power Ranger knowledge is the, you know, I, I know the Trini and the Jason and the Zack and the Billy and the... Uh, the OGs. Yeah. Yeah, the OGs, man. My Alpha 5, my Zordon, you know, Tommy. Know all about them. I even know a little bit about a White Ranger. But that's fucking it. I don't know about Space Rangers and Time Rangers. And when Shattered Grid happened, shit went dumb. So uh, between Mighty Morphin and Gogo, shit's been kind of confusing for me. Turns out, I am not the only one that's confusing. F- confused. F- uh, I'm not the only one that's confused. Because they haven't explained any of this shit <laughs> until now. I thought this is stuff that, you know, you or this should just be common knowledge for current Power Ranger enthusiasts. Yeah. That's not the case. So they've just been carrying on with these Omega ra- uh, Rangers for a few issues. Like, yeah, you should know these motherfuckers. <laughs> no, no. And I'm glad we do. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, dispute that. I'm glad we know these motherfuckers because this is cool. Because most of the Omega Rangers are actually, three of them are part of the original crew, but the other uh, are Power Rangers down in. Uh, uh, oh shit! I can't remember Angel Grove. They don't know that. Yeah. And really, that's kind of what this is. This this issue sp- explains a lot. It explains why the wh- White Ranger is a thing now after Tommy's Green Ranger dragon coin was destroyed and non-repaired and what the fuck this weird 
emissary blue ranger type of thing is and why it's con trying to convince jason that he needs to be the savior and essentially we go back to that conversation again between emissary and jason and we get to act we get to see what the the conclusion of that conversation was because what you don't realize is you don't actually see the full conversation that's why i'm feeling so confused yeah what that conversation is it says uh, emissary, we need to make sure you can get Tommy's Green Ranger powers back. And he says, I can't do that, but I could do something else. But in return, you have to pick the Omega Rangers. And he says, I don't know if I'm capable of doing that, but fine, whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, emissary goes to visit Zordon and Alpha 5, and uh, they come to the... That, that, and that's where they're hinting at, well, can't do Green Ranger, it'll be White Ranger. Yeah. And the, I mean, they don't come out and say White Ranger, but if you've been reading the last couple of issues, that would be the obvious direction that they went. Yeah. Uh, but as far as Jason picking the Omega Rangers, which ironically he does not know who they consist of, well, we realize why he doesn't know who they consist of, because he's trying to use this randomizing technology and it's just it's not r so much working out for him and eventually emissary steps up and he's like fine i'll do it myself and he just picks some shit and trini zach and uh uh oh fuck who else is it it's trini zach and uh kimberly no it's not kimberly jason yeah jason they peace out and yeah yeah, it's a whole fucking. Th oh, I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's all it all circled together very, very nicely, and I feel like I can go through and continue to read Power Rangers much more confidently now. That's for sure. As I, I, I've just felt stupid reading it because you know I'm. You didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I'm all about on the spot. No, I didn't. Not yeah. at all. I was so fucking lost. Despite the oohs and ahs, thankfully. I mean, not to take away from Ryan Perot's writing. I mean, it's all still written very well, despite I didn't the fact that I didn't know what the fuck he was writing about. Yeah. But the art is incredible, yeah. and that's if you, it, it couldn't be better for a Power Rangers book. It just everything about it says this is Power Rangers, and this is Power Rangers for people that grew up watching Power Rangers that are adults now. Yeah. It's not. I mean, yeah, you can you know buy this book for your kids, but it's something in an adult. Could easily enjoy too so i gotta respect that that's for sure it's it's a book of nostalgia that's for damn sure <laughs> but it's not nostalgic enough to where i want to go through and watch those fucking tv shows anymore. <laughs> well, that's a good idea because it's not good <laughs> yeah i, I don't want to ruin that for me it's don't like, want to ruin that i think i went through and watched the power rangers movie like like a year ago and man it's i've been ooze now nah, i could still watch that just because that, i think that was the second movie i ever saw in a movie theater oh man so it's, yeah i was i they didn't take me to movie theaters until i was yeah <laughs> older <laughs> <laughs> i think shrek yeah. was mine yeah yeah i think uh the first one was probably pokemon like 2000 i think was the first one and then oh. shrek was probably my second oh uh, man yeah, uh, it was a uh, Lion King for me, and then oh, a, a, a much while longer later, it was fucking Power Rangers, man. Those are good. Those are good ones, though. Oh yeah, those no, I mean, yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Like, how many people could say that they saw those in the theater? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I'm like one of 16 people that saw Power Rangers in the theater, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I mean, I should probably get a membership card for that one. <laughs> carrying on more indies. 
Uh, this, this one I almost passed on. Glad I didn't. Family Tree number one. Jeff Lemire, the reason why I didn't pass. Phil Hester, Eric Gapster, and Ryan Katie. Cody. I don't know. Cody? Katie? It's one of those. So, did you read this at all? Are you aware of a new Jeff Lemire book? Are you a Jeff Lemire follower? Yeah, yeah I know Jeff Lemire. See, this is why I need to talk to you more, so you can tell me about the stuff that's not announced on Twitter. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of this stuff is stuff that I would have picked up if I would have known about it. But, yeah, I had no idea this was coming out. Pull those priorities, man. Pull those priorities. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's, that's what that podcast is all about. I announced it. The, the, the Thursday, the, the, the closest... It's, well, six days prior out to it. That's yeah. that's when it goes up, essentially. So yeah, uh, but that's this is <laughs> this is one worth checking out for sure. It's it's Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire, and follows really just this regular ass family. Loretta, she's a grocer. She's got a pretty shit fucking life. She's at a grocery store, shitty customer service job. Gets called from work. That's not good on account of. She's got a shitty job. She's got to leave, go pick up her son Josh from school. He gets busted with weed. Uh, Meanwhile, because that throws a kink in her schedule, on the way to go pick up her son, the fucking little stoner, she also has a little daughter uh, called Meg. And she's kind of going on about this rash she has, but the mom's more worried about her, you know, fuck-up son. But... What she's not seeing is what us as the readers are seeing, and this this rash is fucking gnarly. Yeah. Well, she's waiting outside the school while the mom's in there getting told how much of a shitty parent she is, and, you know, it's classic shitty... Yeah. Uh, weird, strange old man walks up to Meg, says, Here, have this bag. It'll fix you. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know... Who learns stuff? If you say so, strange man. <laughs> right, yeah, whatever. Well, she she, she hides it from her mom. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't tell my mom that this weird, strange man gave this, but... So some intelligence, that's not a lot. N- not a whole lot, no. <laughs> but fortunately, uh, she, uh, the, she does realize that the uh, rash has gotten bad enough to, where she does need to force her mom, hey, look, and it's not just at her, on her arm at this point. Uh, she's got a fucking tree branch going out of her back. Ooh. So, family tree? Uh, <laughs> so the name's a pun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, throughout all of this, you know, all of these events, we, we're getting, we're, we're getting uh, a, a narration of this end of the world that has happened. Mm-hmm. And why none of this stuff that we're seeing now actually matters. These were, this, this is really... Uh, the the last day before the end of the world. Yeah, the, that's what this this day is here. And uh, what the end of the world is, we're not totally sure, but we do know that one more family member comes into the picture and has to shoot something in the face with a fucking shotgun, and that is this their grandfather. So it's just this whole. I, I it's Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. So if you're not, <laughs> yeah, I. I I'm glad I picked it up. I almost passed, uh, but now I see that this this has a whole lot of fucking potential. I like Philip Phil Hester art, yeah. his art in it a lot. It's 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 nice and simple and 
gets the point across and yeah it's <laughs> it suits this story well i think it's going to be a horror story when yeah. it's all said and done yeah i mean the art and the the cover looks like looks horror related yeah and then image like like almost any more image is almost synonymous with horror they're getting pretty good at it man yeah. ice cream man's been great uh i hear jeff lemire's gideon falls is the best book out there right now and that's a horror book yeah. unfortunately i'm not reading and i'm gonna have to that is gonna be one i'm gonna have to suck up and get in trade man, like like when i when i discovered images horror comic comics i almost revitalized my love for comics again and like like it definitely didn't go away but like it made me love comic books even more because like man like some some of the, my my favorite comic books are image horror comics. Well, that's that's usually the first thing that I recommend to someone like eh, comic books and fucking Superman sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'll agree with that statement. Superman sucks, but <laughs> uh, as far as you know, not wanting to read comics because of that, my my rebuttal is read Ice Cream Man or yeah. you know just there's so much good horror out there. There 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 is. I always tell people who want to get into comics, it's like, what's your favorite genre? There's a comic book for it. It's like, yep. it's like if you like if you like space fantasy, it's like go read Saga, you know, uh, or or Outer Darkness, yeah. or I mean, fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's 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 usually five off the top of your head that you can name for any genre. Yeah, so, and so like, an image is definitely usually the leading leading person in that. That's not superhero. So like, image is probably a, like in my top two favorite. For, uh, comic book publishers vault is getting really good at horror comics oh. as well like read the plot the plot's fucking awesome that's dope. that's, that's good horror shit it's i mean they're just indies in general they're starting to realize that horror is a it's a it's a good genre i mean it's yeah. a it's becoming popularized yeah i mean uh the walking dead is technically a horror book and now mm-hmm. that that's not a thing there's a big gap in horror comics to fill yeah. so a lot of the stuff is starting to surface and yeah yeah, it's and working. It's like, and then also, it's like, even if you are like a superhero comic book reader, it's just like, if you find a, a writer that you really like, chances are they have an image book that you can also read that you will also love. You know, that's how I found Witches and American Vampire and, and uh, what's that, Nailbiter. Yeah. And, and, yeah, just like uh, Revival. I mean, uh, Donnie Cates has God Country. Yeah. I mean, it's, you go back and read Donnie Cates, I mean, Redneck. That's not superhero, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not even image, man. Fuck, who's doing red ra- redneck? I think it's uh, is it aftershock? It's, it's one of those really small companies, yeah. man. Yeah, it's it's not a big company, but highly popular. I think they're at like forty two issues or something right oh, now. Man. So, yeah, it's it, it just goes to prove your point even more. Any anybody writing superheroes more than likely if they're popular and big, they've they've got. They've got something in the indies that is darker and not superhero-y, that's for yeah. sure. And also probably makes them more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Support uh, your comic book uh, yeah. club. It's, it's funny how that works. <laughs> uh, let's let's keep going. More indies. It was probably... Actually, I think I had more indies this week than any other thingy. Uh, Reaver, number five. Reaver from Justin Jordan, Rebecca Isaacs, and Alex Giamaris, Becky Clunan did the cover again. Have you been reading Reaver? I don't know nothing about it. Dude, so Reaver is medieval suicide squad. Interesting. It's so interesting because (laughs) uh, suicide squad is, I mean, thankfully, Tom Taylor, the greatest writer in comics, is getting ready to revive suicide squad. 
Oh, shit, so that's really? that's huge. I mean, Suicide Squad is getting ready to be the best book in comics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, we've got Reaver. And, I mean, no, it's not a direct knockoff of Suicide Squad. But if you were to ask me what the closest comparison, uh, that's, that's obviously it, but way back in a darker time with with magic-y type of stuff. And it would be Suicide Squad meets Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, that, that would be the best type of situation there. But where we left off in the uh, the last issue is the the team, they went in to do what they got to do. And, you know, they gained entrance into this castle. And one of the guys that's on this team, uh, Styrian, who has a knack for... Uh, I like to think it's just killing kids. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because he's creepy as fuck. I sympathize. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He gets this weird sparkle in his eye when he sees kids, and uh, I, I was wondering what he does with them. And for the first time, they've at least hinted that he kills them. Hopefully so uh, nothing else. Yeah, I mean, it's weird to say. I'm. I'm glad that he's just a kid killer. <laughs> 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 Yeah, uh, well, it turns out he's also a two-time and cunt as well when it comes to backstab and his team. So he turns over on his team, and yeah, it's not good for them. But thankfully for them, the entire team isn't necessarily all in the same spot. We've got my two favorite characters out doing their thing. Essen Breaker being my favorite. He is the berserker. He is the the man of few words, but when he talks. It's fucking badass. <laughs> he's, it's it's a monologue and <laughs> it's dark and it, it's it kind of reminds me of Tom Hardy's Bane when he yeah. talks. Like yeah. that's the it's, it's just a fucking moment. Yeah. Uh, or but a badass Silent Bob. Yeah, 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 <laughs> kinda, yeah. Just with a fucking sword and <laughs> armor. So he's got to get through this gate, uh, and essentially what he's done by splitting himself up from the team initially going into the castle, he stayed out back to try to create a distraction just in case. Well, turns out he needs that distraction draw the guards to him. Are the guards thinking, well, there's fucking so many of us, and it's just him. Fire. He takes that shit like a champ. And you just get five, I don't know, it feels like 38 pages and I mean that in the best way possible, of him just ripping through motherfuckers. And it is it is violent, no holds barred, just ripping through motherfuckers. Meanwhile, uh, Rakala, my other favorite character, she's a skin eater. And uh, she, she she's the wild card of the bunch. She's just this... Uh, she reminds me of... Has you ever see Gangs in New York? Yeah. You know the weird cat-like lady that just like rips people's <laughs> yeah. fucking face off yeah that's what she reminds okay. me of uh just very sinister as well and incredibly intelligent as far as combat battle and she's two steps ahead of everyone she really is just an amazing fucking character very very unique despite the fact that she reminds me so much of <laughs> something else it's it's i don't know it's kind of a Weird statement, but yeah, you just have to read it to know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, she's looking above, saying, "Okay, Berserker, we need you to, or, you know, SM Breaker, we need you to get through this, this barrier here." And there, there, there's there's some sort of hindrance there, uh, but it doesn't really play part at the moment because we go back to uh, 
to the the team being captured. Uh, they're they're tied up. The weird. Oh, I almost called him a diddler. He's not a diddler. He's <laughs> not a diddler. <laughs> Fuck! I hope he just kills kids. The weird. <laughs> Styrian. That's his name. He's probably just go by that. He's doing his villain monologue, and you know all, all's all's ruined for you. And there's this weird shaman also involved in this, and they're trying to do this ritual and. That's, uh, you know, the magic part where the, the Suicide Squad come, you know, meets magic type of situation. Well, we've had this silent character on this team this whole time, and she's kind of the... Uh, she would be the right hand to the Amanda Waller of this situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. She's, she's the muscle, hasn't really said a word at all. Well... Well, the other villain is doing a monologue over one of the characters. She, in the background, breaks, breaks free, rips her hand through this bad guy, and all of a sudden, he's talking. Uh, he, I mean, you see for a moment, he's clearly dead, and she picks him up, and she's just, like, puppeting him. Yeah. With her, she's just got her hand. It, it's all up in him and she's talking through him and that's you know them saying we got this shit dog next issue <laughs> it's oh it's so fucking badass man it is between and then that's the first time you really see the whole time she, I mean in one issue she eats a brain to gain the knowledge she is really she, just the, she's a bad bitch dude she's fucking gnarly but it's hard to talk about her because she doesn't say much yeah now we know that she's she has a way of talking. It's not her talking, but she, she's just you know people. fucking shove your hand all up in someone's spine and <laughs> fucking Jeff Dunham the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, yeah, no, I can't recommend Reaver enough, man. I think uh, the next issue, issue six, is going to be the end of the first arc, and then they'll be thinking about trades from there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good book. Uh, so, Sea of Stars is number five. This is uh, an arc ending book. I actually thought this was going to be a series ending book. I thought it was just going to be a five issue miniseries. Yeah. And it's Jason Aaron and Dennis Hopeless are teaming up and going the distance on yeah. this one. This is so fucking. Uh, I uh, actually have been reading this. I'm not. I'm not read this one yet, but I have been reading this. It was recommended to, uh, by Scott Snyder, so I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll try it. And I went out and and like man, it's great. Like the the art is amazing. Like every oh, oh Stephen Green and Rico Renzi, holy yeah. shit, dude! They know how to draw some fantasy space. That's not your typical like. It's not it's not Liam Sharp's uh, Green Lantern space yeah. that you're used to. This yeah. is uh, we are. I mean, Yellow Submarine type of space. It almost. is. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. like every cover I want to get just like a massive poster of like mm -hmm. like it's like a great and like and like not to like talk bad about the writer either like the writer like the writing is great too like i really oh. like the story yeah it's it's fucking dennis hopeless and jason aaron teaming yeah. up they're some of the best writers in comics alive right now as well so it's uh it, it, this is a dream book and to think that it's it's going to continue on is is amazing I, I i won't i won't spoil anything for you then since yeah. you are you are reading it but i will say that the there is a it, it all loops around very, very nicely. It comes together. It's oh man, for 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 your sake, I uh, I, I will spare you and the listeners the spoiler on this <laughs> one, and just give it my full recommendation. Get this in trade if you can't find it in single issues, and 
Well, we'll just call this an honorable mention because this is this is a book that I know I don't give a fuck about spoilers, but I care enough about this one too. Yeah, you 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 need to spend money on it. Yeah, it's it, that it good. was definitely like like a surprise when I read it. I, like I wasn't expecting much. I didn't know what I was expecting, and then I read it, and I was like, oh man, this is really good. This is, and I'm not usually a, a fan of like spacey stuff. Like, Dude, I didn't me either. That's the thing is, I thought. I mean, I went into it. Uh, Jason Aaron. Yeah. Because, I mean, he before Deceased, this book came out, started before Deceased. Mm-hmm. And Deceased was the, the pusher over for me saying, Jen- D- Jason Aaron isn't the writer of the year now. Yeah. Uh, Tom Taylor is. But with that being said, I mean, that, that just, I mean, that's Jason Aaron writing is why I picked this up. And then I realized, holy fuck, Dennis Hopeless is co-writing this. This is going to be gnarly trippy. Mm-hmm. Gnarly trippy. And then the art speaks for itself. And just the premise, a father and a son in space, and I thought, blech. Yeah. No, that sounds awful. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker gets eight. He gets ate by a fucking whale devil. <laughs> <He> does, <yeah. laughs> and I was like, that is fucking gnarly. And then you see a monkey and a fucking uh, dolphin and a space monkey and dolphin. Space monkey and space dolphin. <laughs> they come together and they want to kill the little kid and then they don't kill the kid and then they end up hanging out with the kid debating on whether or not the little, what the fuck is going on with this little kid. Little kid shouldn't be breathing right now. He's in space. He's a fucking human. Yeah. Like, and that's, that was the first issue. Yeah. How yeah, are you not wild. hooked on that? Yeah, yeah, I read that. I was like, well, this is good already. It's like, too bad this is the only issue out right now. And then they kept going. Like, yeah, it was definitely one of those. Yeah, I was super happy with it. It was super surprising that, that how good it was. And it's a fast read, too. It is, I yeah. mean, that's and that's that's if you don't stop to enjoy the art like you should be. Which you should be, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, as far as, you know, just the pacing of the story and everything. Yeah, yeah no, it's it, it, it moves quick. The, you know, between two writers that are very, very good at writing dialogue, they they spare the letter. Yeah. They, they do. It's, uh, it, it's beautiful. And to be fair... How much could you really say about, I mean, dialogue could you put in a book that, uh, you know, revolves around characters that don't really have any interacting parts unless you do inner dialogue? Yeah. Which, I mean, you do get some of, but as it carries on, yeah. Um, How far have you gotten? Uh, I think I'm only a second issue behind. Like just a, an issue. Be- oh, so yeah. you've met Kyle, then the little yeah. robot thing. Okay, yeah. See, that's 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 when we really get to see Gil's dialogue. Yeah. And oh man, it's good. It's so good. Uh, all right, I'm gonna stop not talking about this book now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's actually all I've got for indies. You know, indies came heavy this week, man. I'm impressed. This is once again. I mean, these these segments, the indie segments, are why. You know, people that aren't into comics should be in comics. I don't think any of these revolved around... Minus Power Rangers, I guess. None of these were superheroes. Uh, Even Reaver and all these people. None of these characters were ever thought, you know, of themselves as superheroes. Yeah. They're just terrible, terrible people that were put into a situation by saying, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. And, yeah. They're like, well, fuck, I don't want to die. So, (laughs) that's... I mean, that's Suicide Squad, right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and like that's the great thing about indies is, is it's like it's just like you know you like good stories. It's like you're gonna like this. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and it's it just it touched on everything, and that's just this week. 
Wait till next week. Holy fuck. Go back. Oh, god damn. Next week is going to be a long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but let's move into DC now. There's there's a few DC books to talk about. Three to be precise. We're going to start out with Dollhouse Family number one. This is a black label book. M.R. Carey, Peter Gross, Vince Locke, and Chris Peter. Jessica Dalva did the cover. Did you read Dollhouse Family? I did not. I've been really apprehensive about this whole line, this whole Hill House line. Uh, well, I mean, the first issues have been introduction books for sure. You yeah. know, between the the Dollhouse and the Basket Full of Heads. Yeah. Both strong first issues, but definite. I mean, there's no, there's no payoff in any of them. Not you at yeah. all. It's still but, the first issue. Well, I don't know. There's some payoff in this one. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, there's more. I would say that there's more payoff. There's way more payoff in this one than there is in Basket Full of Heads. So we, it follows this little girl named Alice, as it would be. <laughs> because if you want a book revolving around a creepy girl, you gotta, call, you gotta call her Alice. <laughs> well, she gets this dollhouse. Go figure. Well, the mother and the father, they're fighting over her getting the dollhouse. Apparently it was a mistake that she got the dollhouse. Mom said yes, dad said no. And that kind of gives a quick insight of the rocky relationship between the mother and father. Most of this book is really a montage of... The daughter uh, playing with her creepy dolls while the mother and the father fight in the background. And the father is your very fucking uh, R-rated Archie Bunker. You stupid bitch, I should crack you in the fucking head for even thinking that I would want that color of paint. Yeah. Like, sh- shit like that. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, so all that's going on. Well, all, all that's going on and the parents aren't paying attention magic she goes into the dollhouse and that's when she meets these these other dolls that start talking to her and eventually as creepy talking dolls say kill your dad kill your dad your your mom's cool your dad though i think you should bludgeon him over the back of the head with a fucking hammer well i mean based on what i've heard about the dad that's not the worst idea. She agrees. Yeah, she's like, she's like, <laughs> she's no. like make me big, motherfucker. I'm going to do this. They make her big again. And, uh, well, she does it. <laughs> she's like, so, good idea. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not like at the end of Basket Full of Heads where they talk about this axe and motherfuckers are breaking and they have every opportunity in the world to, to, to you know, grab an axe and kill something, but... No, nothing happens at all. I mean, like I said, this Joe Hill, I mean, it's, it's, it, there's going to be payoff. But yeah. as far as first issues go, this would be the issue, I would say. You know, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm in this. This yeah. sounds gnarly. Because that's just part of the story. We're also getting flashbacks to the origin, uh, v- vague flashbacks to the origin revolving around these two land surveyors, and they come across a part on their map that has never really been... Uh, marked before and they find this weird and it turns out to be this weird cave which kind of looks more like a butthole but they go into this butthole cave and they find this thing and out of this thing comes this really pretty girl and she uh, takes that guy's hand and she puts it inside of her and then they fuck and that's the end of that arc so (laughs) I have a feeling that that fucking is going to have something to do with this dollhouse. <laughs> but I don't know. It's a black label book is what they wanted to prove here. Yeah, so so what, what this this kind of leads into why I was a little apprehensive about the books is because I was wondering 
how far DC would go with horror. Like, how, how far would they be willing to go? Because I know they freaked out about showing a silhouette of Batman's dick. So, so and then horror, like, you know, you got to go the distance. So I was, I was always, I was worried that they weren't going to actually do it justice. Well, I mean, it's not like they, they show nudity or anything like that. It, it's, they leave it to the imagination. It's not like uh, uh, how Neil Gaiman writes American Gods, where you see a head being sucked into a <laughs> vagina. Yeah. The, I mean, you see... Her grab his hand and him have that look on his face like, I know where this is going. And then you see that moment where a uh, pleasure on her face where he's like, I thought, look where my hand's at type of situation. And then there's this weird mounting, completely clothed type of panel. And that's yeah. that's what you get out of it. But as far as the dialogue that occurs through all that, it's... It's vague and mysterious and and uh, I don't I mean yeah. but what about the gore? Uh, well, no. As far as the hammer hit, it's more of an onomatopoeia type of situation in this one. Okay. Uh, the gore in the other Hill House comic. I know I said it was a Black Label comic in the beginning. Oh, I guess it is. So Hill House is a part of Black Label. It's a subdivision. Yeah. Okay. Now we know. I was only partially wrong. Um, yeah, I feel like, huh, not a, not a whole lot of gore in the other one either. Yeah, so so that's, that's a little bit what I was worried about. It's like, why, why do I want to read DC Black Label Horror when I can go to Image and where they- Or you can (laughs) go to Deceased. Or I can go to Deceased. Because Deceased, there is no punches pulled in the gore in Deceased. There's not. So, so that'd be really odd if, if they're pulling punches with Black with the black label uh, horror books, but they're not dece- deceased. Uh, you know, I, that might also fall on the uh, the artists as well. Yeah. I mean, their particular style. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's just what we're getting at first. Yeah. I, I do think the basket full of heads has a lot of potential for a lot of gore. And I could be wrong, and yeah. I just might be mis not remembering. Well, but basket yeah. full of heads should have a lot of potential to be great because depending on who's writing it because you know freaking son of stephen king's writing it you know yeah <laughs> the, the king of horror well and even uh joe hill is credited on the writing team for this too so i think yeah. he's he's directing this whole yeah he's kind of he's kind of like the, the kevin feige of the hill house thing yeah 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 I guess that sounds i think that's a fair comparison for sure uh, I I still recommend it. I mean, at least if if yeah, well, let me put it this way: I wouldn't not recommend it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So so for me, it's probably one of the one of those things. Like wait till it ends. Let's see how it is first, and then and then go in and read it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident in it, but I didn't get to the point where like, well, no, I'm, I don't care. You know, I, I am intrigued. So yeah. yeah. How's that going for it? Superman number 17, Brian Michael Bendis, Kevin McGuire, and Paul Mounts filling in on the art for the people that actually did the cover, Ivan Reese, Joe Prado, and Alex Sinclair. Uh, I almost, Superman almost lost me. Brian Michael Bendis has almost completely lost me, but thankfully the last couple of issues have been pretty strong with him reuniting the Superboys. Oh yeah. Uh, so, or the, not the Superboys, but shut the fuck up, Strange. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked that up or not, but yeah. Um, uh, what the fuck are they called? Super Sons. Yeah. Jesus Christ. 
so yeah, no, they they had me in there, but then unfortunately he did the the Legion of Superheroes book, and uh, I almost just instinctively dropped Superman <laughs> because of how much I dislike that. <laughs> this is so bad. I'm gonna stop reading anything you're writing right now. <laughs> well, uh, fortunately, you know, I fought against my gut because I still think Superman itself. Uh, the, the 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 ongoing self-titled is still pretty pretty tolerable yeah. and yeah uh i know <laughs> that uh, from what i've read i i've seemed to be in a small group on this one but i actually thought this was more of the one of the stronger written issues as far as the art goes it was uh it's funny <laughs> the the facial expressions in this are extremely exaggerated and almost don't match the dialogue at all like uh, i i I, I, I'm not sure what happened there, but something happened. <laughs> uh, still, once again, uh, uh, it suffices. But what's going on here is Superman, he arrives back to Lois after some weird alien diplomatic thing. And actually, it starts out where he's in space. Two aliens are fighting and Superman's in between them on this weird platform and he's like refereeing in the middle of a fucking WWE wrestling match is what it looks like so it's it's corny <laughs> and diplomacy prevails as seems to be Brian Michael Bendis's tone with Superman yeah. seems to be his whole thing is diplomacy prevails well I mean that's at least he's being true to Superman because that's that kind of is Superman's thing he's not he's not he's not like fight first talk later kind of guy yeah yeah, but that's it, he's making sure everybody knows he's all he's as like, as much as possible. Yeah, he's like beating a dead horse kind of thing. Right, right. It's 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 it would almost be like reminding us that Joker and Harley are together. <laughs> you know, it's, come the fuck on with it. But and and, and my the and the reason I'm um, being critical of that right now is because it means absolutely nothing to the fucking story. Yeah, whatsoever. Here's two wasted fucking pages. It's, yeah. He wrote a script and thought, well, didn't make it to my 20. Let me throw this bullshit in the beginning. Yeah. And I'm being hypercritical of Brian Michael Bendis because he used to be my favorite fucking writer. So, For me, it's always been like every every three books he would he would write, I would like one of them. And that's, that seems to be still the case. Well, I'm like one out of six now. I thought Leviathan was going to really change that ratio, but oh, yeah. the that six issue was, we'll talk about later. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, <laughs> stay tuned. Anticipation? I've, been, I've read that anticipation makes for longer viewership or listenership, so huh, we'll see if this <laughs> works. <laughs> You're going to want to hear my take on Event Leviathan. So, uh, but in the meantime, we're talking Superman. Does it, diplomacy prevails as it does, and it's time to f go f figure out what Lois is doing. Lois was just given a box by Lex Luthor because of this year of the villain thing. It's lead-lined on account of, you know, Superman can't see through lead. Yeah. Well, Lois knows what's in it. We don't know what's in it. So she won't tell Superman what's in it, and that worries Superman. As and it should. 
Yeah, because he's thinking, well, stupid, that's coming from Lex Luthor. And, and he says, well, don't you think that Lex Luthor would want you to know what it is? And, well, wouldn't you think that Lex Luthor would want me to want you to want you to know the thing? <laughs> it was that whole type of situation. And eventually what it came down to is, motherfucker, I'm not telling you. I'm going to tell the world uh, on this live broadcast what it is. But I'm not going to tell you first. So, that happened. Meanwhile, Superman says, Okay, well, I guess I got shit to do. I'm gonna go foil and take down Star Labs. This massive thing that's been a part of the DC universe forever. Forever, yeah. Takes it out. That's it. Um, bye-bye. Bendis is making moves that he shouldn't be making. Made a move. <laughs> Made a move. Uh, on account of they were doing illegal space experiments and stuff, and this Dr. Glory... I guess Dr. Glory escapes, yeah. but Star Labs isn't a thing anymore. So, she, yeah, mm, that's the whole thing. Uh, meanwhile, oh, I got a... Uh, Lois is not playing nice with me, so I'm gonna, you know, let's... Hey, Supergirl. Oh, hi. Here she is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't like this book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just say it doesn't sound like you liked it. I mean, I, I was entertained by it, and that's what it comes down to. But I mean, I've I, I also like the movie Suicide Squad. So I mean, that that goes. To, I, I've been known to like things, I'd be entertained by poorly made stuff. So much uh, like you like flashing lights, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a. Uh, I'm a packer. I just, if it's shiny, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to hoard it. Uh, this might be one of them. Just talking out loud about it, yeah. So, what's actually going on here? The whole point out of all of this is uh, Lois denying Superman, his, you know, the knowing things gets him thinking, well, maybe I should make a big move. And at this point, we all know what the biggest move Superman could ever make. And that would be revealing his identity, yep. which is also the thing that has been solicited for a long time. A lot of people are expecting that to happen in this issue. Yeah. Spoilers, doesn't fucking happen in this issue. Uh, so he's going over all this, but while he's got to think about it even harder, he's got to make sure that Supergirl comes with him so that he can introduce her to new Krypton mm -hmm. that Zod is now in charge of. It's worrying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, they show up... Mm, Zod has this wife, and yeah, uh, he says, okay, we're here, welcome, I'm gonna go over here now. Meanwhile, Superman decides, well, this seems like the right place to have this conversation. I'm gonna tell the truth. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what you get. And Meanwhile, some weird little alien kid is behind a dumpster listening in, because, you know, Superman would never know if something like that was going on. <laughs> So, um, uh, that's Superman. I, I, that's the best Superman you can read right now that's ongoing. I have a moment of silence for Superman fans. Good thing I'm not a Superman fan. <laughs> uh, I'm not a Superman say. fan either. I'm, I only read Superman for this podcast and the popularity of the character. That, that's it. I mean, originally I was reading Superman because I wanted to see what Brian Michael Bendis is going to do. And yeah. That's, now I just... That's not why I read Superman now. I don't think I'm ever gonna have him on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like you know, it would speak words 
of his character if he ever was you know just to be able to have a have a good conversation with one of his criticizers well dude i, I there was no bigger defender of the guy when he yeah. was on iron man than me yeah i mean i i to this day i will say that nobody writes iron man better than brian michael bendis but since he's gone from my favorite superhero in comics to my least favorite superhero in comics, he has become yeah. one of my least favorite writers. And it's not just the Superman he's writing either; it's the other stuff too. Yeah, the Young Justice. Like he's writing shit that I could care. I uh, I, I have no interest in caring about. Is the he Legion of Superheroes? Poof, fuck. I actually have interest in in Young Justice because I like I like the Young Justice show, and then I was a fan of Titans, and that's so I kind of need something to fill that hole a little bit. I was I was actually starting to gain intrigue in Young Justice, but I also I'm not a I, I, the whole Wonder Comics line either that he started. Yeah. It's like that's I mean, it sounds like it's pointed towards kids. Yes. It does, yeah. And, I mean, I, I read uh, Wonder Twins, which was the first comic under the Wonder Comics line. And I thought, well, this is Wonder Twins. This is an adult. Yeah. This isn't, you know. Yeah, so then the Naomi Twins. came out, and I missed Naomi number one because of my experience with, my first experience with Wonder Comics, and I thought, I don't want to read about some Disney Plus character. <laughs> yeah. No, she's Bendis' most important character. This is between that and Leviathan. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> it's oh my god! I don't understand what he was so good at Iron Man. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm I'm supposed to be nice on this podcast, and I'm just hurt. That's what it is. Don't not buy anything. Don't because of this show. If you like Superman, keep buying. That is a, a very good important point. It's just like like. Your favorite book is somebody else's least favorite, and your least favorite book is somebody else's favorite. Yeah, it's like just because just because some like dumbasses on the internet tell you that this is a bad book doesn't mean it's not gonna something that you like. Right, this is all subjective. It's not well. Some of this is objective, I guess, as far as the some of the stuff. But n- nevertheless, it's still entertaining. I'm going on. I'm going on about a book I was admittedly entertained by. Yeah. It's just as far as the writer itself, it's kind of uh, it's just weird to see somebody take such a U-turn in what I'm used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, I've got one more book to talk about from DC and the overviews. And this one right here is one that you will not hear me say anything bad about. Oh. Detective Comics number 1015, I can officially say, is the best ongoing series in DC Comics. Detective Comics. Open that up. Look at that acetate cover, man. This year, the villain acetate covers have been awesome. And this one has been the best. It's uh, A lot of them have kind of cheated. And I, I mean, I'm not going to say cheated because I'd do the same thing if I were them. You know, you open it up and you got a very similar... Uh, page on this one. This is this is very different. You open it up, and there's no shortcuts that were made here. You know, seeing Mrs. Freeze here, I kind of get why he would become a villain to to save that dude. That's all uh, I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Well, how how this book goes, this is this is some mind blowing shit, man. I know. I've I've listened to a couple of other podcasts talking about this book, and they they shat on it, and I don't get it because i thought this was fucking amazing so we've got peter j tomasi doug mankey 
Jose Luis and David Barron on the arts. Paulo Pantalina and Arif Prianto did this acetate cover. And mm, book so good. So what's going on here is Batman, Alfred, and Lucius are in a rush to save Freeze's victims. Uh, have you been following Detective at all? No, 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 no. Right. I, I dropped Detective after Tinia stopped writing it. Okay. Well, this Mr. Freeze arc has been one of my favorites since I've been reading Detective. I picked it up at 997. That's 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 when I picked it up. Yeah. So I'm a few issues in, and this is this. I think this arc has been probably the strongest. Uh, so Freeze, he's been hoarding all of these uh, girls that have very similar genetics to Nora, yeah. and he's practicing. Uh, with this thing, well, Luther in this year of the villain he's gone through and he's given all of these villains something useful. Freezes, his thing is, this serum is going to be the key to bringing your wife back. Yeah. It's not the whole key, but a big part of it. So, he, he before he goes ahead and just starts injecting her willy-nilly like, he's got all of these uh, very similar type of girls. Yeah. Uh, throughout the last couple of issues, Batman, he's able to obtain these girls. Freeze gets away. Nora Freeze is now a thing, and Freeze is now training her to pair up and be a villain with her, okay. with him. And that's that's what's going on here. We get a quick montage of Freeze saying, all right, oh, oh, fucking cool, you're doing it good. Well, he's starting to realize that she's doing it a little too good, a little <laughs> too quick. Yeah. And... She is, is, he's starting to wonder if it's possible that that was maybe a catch in Luther's serum that yeah. is altering her 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 physiology her, her the way she thinks yeah. or he's he's ruined her and yeah. turned his sweet Nora into this terrible fucking villain because she's more brutal than he ever was yeah. just right off the bat she's she's got spiked fucking ice clubs and she's mauling motherfuckers over a few bucks you know in a you know jewelry store see that that that's honestly something that worries me about the the art because I've always liked Mr. Freeze that was only doing it to save his wife that he wasn't a uh, a bad guy necessarily who was just somebody who was so in love with his wife that he was pushed to do the absolute worst things well see here's the thing he is only doing it to save his wife he wants to train her for one last heist yeah. and then retire that's okay. his whole thing yeah he, go, he he is he's trying to explain to her uh at their their warm-up and it, it's just it's it's at their warm-up where he's realizing holy fuck she likes this way too much yeah, like he, she should not be this good at it this yeah. soon he's like he's like this he's like he's like this isn't something that we enjoy this is something that we have to do right we're just gonna do one and then we're done we're gonna retire off in some island where batman will never want to go to because it's gonna be daytime all the time and <laughs> <laughs> like it's, we're, we're gonna be cool and she leaves him oh shit <laughs> she leaves him says fuck you bitch and he kind of pulls the gun on her and says you're not going anywhere and she walks back to him and says i dare you and he puts the gun down and she's no that's that's what i thought motherfucker that's what i thought and he says he's you know doing a martha type of you know i'll always be coming after you type of thing i'll always love you and she yeah. goes that's what i'm worried about so she turns around and blasts his ass meanwhile Batman, he's trying to figure out how to resurrect these these uh, test victims of freezes, mm -hmm. and Lucius just thinks he has the cure, and they 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 go to test it on this cow, 
and Batman says, no animals, just do it on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, th- this is the part that a lot of people are really critical of. Uh, or I wouldn't say a lot, but the couple of critics that I've listened to, you know, they're like, this kind of went on, for, it was a little unnecessary. Yeah, It didn't bother me one bit. Uh, but Batman says, all right, just freeze my arm, and we'll see if we can get this to work. So they freeze his arm. And they inject him, and it starts to melt. And they say, okay, cool, let's start injecting these bitches. He's like, wait, still can't feel my fucking arm. <laughs> we, can't, we can't make sure, you know, we can't have these girls come out of here, and they're all just like jello. Like, yeah. we got to keep working at this. Uh, well, they can't. They can't figure it out. So Batman says, well, mm, talk to Freeze about this. I'm going to go make Freeze give me the cure. So Freeze is more than willing to meet up with Batman at this point because now he wants Batman's help yeah. to get his wife back. And he, they explain, okay, this is what I want, this is what I want. All right, let's do this. But it's not quite that simple. Uh, it's not so cordial. Batman, uh, <laughs> he, he puts Freeze in a position to where you're going to fucking fix me right now before we do anything else. And it's yeah. it, it's kind of dark the way it goes about. It, it's it's pretty it's really fucking cool. But yeah, that's 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 the fucking mission now. Uh, they got to go track down Nora who is this very fucking hateful bitch on a rampage, man. <laughs> and it's freeze just he wants to be good. And yeah. he's even explaining to Batman. He's like, "Dude, this is I really just wanted to be good. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, man, I just, he's like, I just want my wife and to be chilling on an island and not do bad shit anymore. Yeah, he's like, your arm, <laughs> I'll save those other bitches too. I'll save those, yeah, I'll save those, yeah, it's, it's cool. So that's, that's what I've got for, uh, for the overviews this week. Uh, there was, there was definitely some great stuff that I went through. Uh, all, all my, I would, yeah, I recommend damn near all of it. Now, this next segment here is my honorable mentions. This is the stuff that doesn't quite make the overviews. Uh, w- there's, there's various reasons, whether it's a, a storyline that's just too quick to pop through, or most of the time it doesn't usually have anything to do with me uh, not enjoying it. But every once in a while, something I decide... Yeah. Event Leviathan. If you've been following this podcast, you know that there's been no bigger champion of this series than myself I, I can't say that about issue 6 I've never been I don't know if I've ever been more let down in comics ever uh, I'm gonna go ahead and flat out spoil this for you because it doesn't fucking mean anything throughout this whole goddamn book we've been speculating about all of the cool possibilities that Leviathan could be it's been a whole whodunit it turns out Leviathan is this motherfucker that was a star brand from fucking 4,200 fucking years ago that appeared in one issue that no one's ever fucking read. And so we don't even get a first appearance out of this. Yeah. This is... We get a tune into Action Comics number 1017 to continue the fucking story. <laughs> I, I, I... Oh, my God. I've... <sighs> And there was not even any good filler leading up into it. The last, f- uh, the first five issues were so strong from beginning to end. Whether it was action or fun dialogue or whatever. It's like Bendis just fucking gave up. Uh, you know, it's been almost the year for that. Because Heroes in Crisis was the same way. It's like Heroes in Crisis just ended kind of shit. 
yeah, uh, that's that's been a thing. It has been a thing this year. Uh, absolute carnage better fucking not disappoint me this <laughs> Wednesday, man. <laughs> absolute carnage better not fucking disappoint me. Uh, yeah, so I know that's not my style for this podcast to go on and on like that, but when it comes to something I care about so much and something, I feel fucking stupid for recommending this book. Are the first five issues entertaining and worth reading? Sure, if you don't care about the ending. Uh, but, for yeah, it's a lot of fun, interesting characters. They brought in Zatanna and all this shit, and then they show up, and then poof! She says a couple of fucking things backwards, and... <laughs> oh, man. So, what's, what's it's even more kind of fucked about this is that people guessed who he was going to be correctly, like, like on issue two or three. Like, like I remember seeing, seeing people talking about this on Twitter, like, like on issue two, that it was going to be this character because, because he used the same symbol. The event Leviathan symbol was the same symbol for this person. Yeah. So so it's like he didn't even like hide it well. Yeah. And so. <coughs> oh man. I thought that I was gonna be able to recre- or to be able to credit Brian Michael Bendis for writing an awesome detective type of story. Yeah. God forbid this dude ever write a fucking ongoing Batman series. Well, he, he is, isn't he? He's not uh, writing. He, he writes like Batman Universe and stuff yeah. like that. But I don't count that stuff. I don't read it. Because I, I, I mean, I, I, I won't. Re- I, I do actually hear that that's some of his better stuff yeah. right now. But I'm not, I'm not taking that chance. Yeah. Uh, to, I don't know. I'm just, I'm obviously barely even hanging on the Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a, a, a moment type of thing, really. I mean, the, the funny art, and I say funny art because that, <laughs> those fucking facial expressions were not. It's it's like watching a a kung fu movie with the shit dubbed over it. Like that's what it felt like. Like that's not what you're. No. Uh, carrying on in the honorable mentions, it gets better. Batman's Grave number two. So I've decided this is going to be something that I'm probably just going to end up covering in a trade negotiation. Uh, the first eleven pages of this book it doesn't really have any dialogue. So I didn't. The only reason it didn't make an overview is because there wasn't really much to say besides this crazy motherfucker out from under the bed just beats to take takes Batman for a fucking weird ass beating through the city. <laughs> so yeah, this is this is one that I wanted to pick up, but I missed issue one. It's it, it's cool, man. It, it is. It's just I don't know how to how to talk about it. It's. It, I think it's gonna be one of those things where you're just gonna. It's a payoff type of book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I always like like the little Batman miniseries. Like, uh, what was the what, what was the one that happened? I think like a year ago. Uh, who wrote it? I know. Um, uh, it was the White Knight. And Kelly did the artwork for it. Oh yeah. Uh, oh shit. Fucking. It's not Batman's. Uh, fuck. Oh, I forgot. I know it's, I know exactly. It has, like, fear in the name or something like that. Kings of Fear. Yes, yes, Kings of Fear. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, so, like, that was, like, one of the highlights of, the, of that time period that was going on. So, like, I really wanted to pick this up just in case it was going to be another one of those. But I, I missed it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a good trade weight. Okay. I do, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's something that's definitely going to be worth checking out. Collapser. Number five. The only reason this book didn't make the overviews is because, for some reason, I realized that I missed number four. 
So I'm going to have to go back and find number four. But I could not have higher praise from what I've read of this series so far. It is not what I expected at all. I didn't think I liked this young animal stuff because I didn't like Jared Way's Doom Patrol. Really? No. I really like Gerard Way's Doom Patrol. Yeah, it wasn't for me. That's and th- that that's I did pick this up. I picked up Collapser because it was Mikey Way. And so and I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but I'm I'm excited about it. It's good. And I'm so mad at myself for missing the Animal Man. Or not Animal Man, um uh Doom Patrol. The the comeback the comeback of Doom Patrol. Cause, Cause, like, I read the his first two volumes, and like, I, it was awesome. Cause, like, what's cool about reading Gerard Way's Doom Patrol is just like, you can just tell how much of a Grant Morrison fan he is. Like, like. Yeah. No, like, I, I get that. I get that. It's like, yeah, and so it's like when you read his Doom Patrol, it's almost like returning back to Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, but in a more bombastic and colorful way. And also, just really like the art in Doom Patrol. That the that the art style was yeah, really cool. No, the art's. For, yeah, no, the art's on point. It's just uh, the book didn't feel right for me. Yeah, you know, it's not what I expected to get out of it at all, and that's just my own personal expectations. But when I opened up Collapser, I went in with low expectations, and uh, the, each issue just got better and better and yeah. better, and uh, it showed no signs of slowing down. So I, I awesome. do need to go through and catch up, read number four, grab number four before I read number five. But yeah, I, I highly recommended. Uh. Indies, we've got Black Stars Above. This book is just too smart for me, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful, it's cool, it's deep. Uh, But there are moments where I'm just a soulless hunk of flesh meat that needs punching. I don't think this book's going to be punching anything, but it's it's cool. I'm glad I have the number one in my collection because I feel like there's going to be a future cult following for something like that. I have no idea what what to say about it, though. <laughs> what is, okay, well, what is this thing on the cover? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a butthole. Um, what, or, or, or a sarlacc. <laughs> well, I, like, I know you, you don't read manga, but there's a classic horror manga artist called Junji Ito, and he and he has a book. He like he like he's kind of he's very um, what's the word like? Uh, who did Cthulhu? Who did Cthulhu? Oh fuck! Uh, uh. Lovecraft. Uh, he's very he's very Lovecraftian, and this gives me the same kind of vibe. Like 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 Junji Ito has a book where there's this star, like way up in the sky, and like scientists discover that it is just like making like a straight line towards them, and, hmm. and this it's like, and it's like it's it's like it's like destroying every planet, every other star in its path, coming to Earth and it's like straight to earth and it shows up to earth and it just stops right in front of earth and, and the whole world can see this can see the star or planet and it's just got a massive eye on it hmm and so this kind well, of well that, that. dude that, that that doesn't sound very far off from i don't know like i said this shit was just the way it was written seemed like it was going to be a little too too deep and yeah i i don't i don't have a very high attention span for that type of writing, not not that there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, it's just I'm uh, I'm I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have to be in the right kind of mood. Yeah, yeah, it's that, that's for sure. It's it's a something. It's a book. The, the type of writing is you start your day off reading that book. You don't read that book after you just binge read nine other completely different <laughs> issues. You know, yeah. starting with you know fucking Morbius. Speaking of which, Morbius, the Living Vampire. Didn't think I'd like this book. Turned out. 
I actually enjoyed this book, and I'm going to hang on for the first arc for sure. Whether it's three or five issues, I want to see how the first arc plays out. The reason it didn't make the overviews is because it's mostly action, and I could go into great detail about all the different ways that Morbius bites people without <laughs> killing them. <laughs> but it's, hey, Morbius is back, and that uh, the cover alone from Dan Brown is worth picking it up. It's, it's the real question is, does he look like Jared Leto? Not at all. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> no comic book character should ever look like Jared Leto. <laughs> that, that's true. That's, that, that is a rule of thumb. So that does it for the overviews. Or, I mean, the uh, honorable mentions. There's definitely some some, some great stuff, for sure. I, there's, <laughs> uh, there, there's probably more I should have picked up, but uh, there was clearly... Clearly enough to keep me busy this week. Couple of books to hang up on the wall. Uh, that that would be the wall book segment. This is the shit that I get just for the covers. Uh, I'm gonna start out with, I don't know. I'm gonna. I tried something new this week, and honestly, I th- I think I was that guy. Someone said they wanted, or I heard someone talk about how we never. There's not enough Star Wars covers ordered at my local, uh, or the, the action figure variants yeah. ordered and I thought well if there's not a lot of them then I want one <laughs> <laughs> so, you, so you say they're rare <laughs> so uh, I, I picked up one of these and more than anything I, I, I have every intention on not holding on to this one I just kind of want to see what it's we'll see what these action figure variants are about because I know Marvel does them as well and I'm always looking for new themes for the wall books so I kind of just wanted something I could study for a couple of weeks and see how much I really dug these action figure variants. But this one is Poplu from Star Wars 74. My last wall book, ah, Harley Quinn Poison Ivy. That's a good one. Number three, Finch did the cover. There's another connecting Harley Quinn connecting cover. Uh, but uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've realized that I'm I'm buying all of the covers that have uh, Poison Ivy featured on them, because I've gone too long without having. Uh, there's just ha- there's not enough covers. Uh, unfortunately, the story's not really worth mentioning <laughs> because it stems directly from Heroes in Crisis. Mm. Yeah, that's what I said. Mm. I I am reading fast forward though. Oh yeah. 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 Just be just. I, I want. Wally to have some redemption after that. Is he being redeemed? I I mean I have no I mean it's, I, I'm not a Flash fan for one. Yeah. But I'm not reading anything that has to do with Heroes in Crisis either. So. <coughs> well, so far, they've they've uh, he's been he's been recruited to help save the multiverse. So, so but it's like it's like kind of like a secret thing. Like not like like nobody knows about it. Like it starts off he's in prison for the shit in Heroes in Crisis and. He's, he's like like the, I can't remember the, the person who takes him out like it's one of the big like monitor type people okay uh, like just snatches him out and uh, uh, prison and time and space and all that and he's just like here this is a multiverse it's going to shit fix it <laughs> and doesn't really tell him how so so Wally has to try to deal with you know hey I'm I'm a, a fuck up and you want me to save the multiverse it's like I'm gonna ruin this hmm whoa Alright, well, sounds like probably the best thing coming out of any of that. Yeah, I mean, like, I will say the art isn't, like, fantastic. It's it's, it's pretty mundane art, and I haven't seen much of the writing so far. The 
be able to recommend it highly. Like it's it's just okay. Like it's mm-hmm. all around. It's just okay. Gotcha. And it's not necessarily that this Harley Quinn Poison Ivy is bad in itself. It's just the premise of what it came off of, and yeah. it's a year of the villain type of thing too. So it's just I read the first issue and I thought, well. This book will get my money as long as they put, you know, keep dedicating covers to Poison Ivy for these six issues, and yeah, this this one's going up on my wall for sure. It's it's a great cover, man. I dig it. I don't care how Poison Ivy's drawn. I'm usually gonna you gotta really fuck up Poison Ivy for me to not want it on my wall. I'm yeah. surprised you don't have the uh, the Poison Ivy figure that that they sell at the the comic book shop. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know it costs like 70, 80 bucks, but man, like, like I think it's uh, uh dude, I've had my eye on that thing for like three years, I don't know man. Who makes it? I can't remember the uh, but Play Arts. Play Arts Kai makes it. I'm an action figure dude. Like, okay. I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you've ever seen like my setup. I have, I think I have like, uh, I think I have like almost a hundred different action figures. Jeez. And and like half of them are SH figure arts, Dragon Ball Z figures, and then like I have a big Play Arts Kai Batman, and and like I could say, like I think yeah. I think my most expensive figure is like almost three hundred dollars. Oh jeez. <laughs> so, jeez. So so I do every time I go to I go to the shop I'll, I look at the figures and it's like, mm. unfortunately I have a girlfriend so I cannot buy the female figures. Yeah. But <laughs> well, <laughs> my girlfriend uh, like, why are you buying this? Why do you want to look at this? I'm like, hey, you know, it's just nothing. Don't worry nah, about it's, it. It's super collectible. There's it's only like fourteen of them. She's just a really good character, you know. Poison <laughs> Ivy is so like in-depth and detailed you know it's just <laughs> oh yeah no yeah she goes so deep i really like the so plot deep. of her stories <laughs> yeah yeah she's got a great plot <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i definitely couldn't couldn't justify to my girlfriend about being able to buy a shit ton of female figures i i understand that i totally get that well, uh, at this point, I wanna I wanna give my top shoutouts of the week, man. These are the books that I really, you know, I wanna give the highest praise to. I wanna start out with my cover of the week, and you know, I, it really did come down between two. It, it, the the Poison Ivy cover wasn't necessarily the shoe in. Yes, it is my cover of the week, but that Dan Brown Morbius cover was pretty fucking badass too. And they would have. They would have printed that. If Marvel would start printing their books like DC does without their trade dress, man. They'd get so much more variant money out of me. Yeah. I should probably be grateful they don't. <laughs> it's like, thank you for not because most of milking my, me. Yeah. Well, most of my wall books are DC books because, you know, they do the whole semi-virgin yeah. variants. And yeah. I, 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 I don't like tr- a lot of trade dress on my wall books. So, yeah. But... Like uh, in the long run, that's kind of what what made Poison Ivy be my uh, my my cover of the week, man. Did you have a cover that stood out to you this week? Uh, the Poison Ivy one is is really good. It's it's pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> and then uh, Sea of Stars, like man, like I said earlier, like those those covers are just like fantastic. Stephen every time. Green, Rico Renzi, man, those, that it, that it's so beautiful. And uh, they, I would, I'm curious to see what all five covers look like all next to each other because they seem very similar but at the same time yeah all equally beautiful and like like i love the the simplistic uh lettering of the of the like the logo the sea of stars on, yes. on it so it's like you can see the art through it it's like yeah i love everything about this art here yeah it doesn't feel like it has a trade dress on it it feels like the the, the logo is just part of the part of the art yeah it's uh, i get you there i can understand that right on fucking what about uh? What about interiors? As far as 
probably see a star sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah oh, shit. Th- like like this. That was the main thing that got me is is before I even bought the book, I just like flipped through it at the shop, and I was like, holy shit, like this is great. It, it really is very unique, man. You don't see that style very often, especially when it comes to space type of fantasy and yeah. the, the the colors. You know, you don't usually see pinks and teals like that in space. Yeah. They're usually very different palettes. So yeah, I want I want this team on Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh fuck, dude! Could you can you imagine Donny Cates dictating that scene? Yeah. He's getting Nick Klein to do Guardians. Oh wait, no, hold on. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Al Ewing's doing that. Al Ewing with Stephen Green and Rico Renzi? Yeah. Holy fuck, dude. That would be... That's the dream team right there. Yeah, it'd be... Like, like it'd be great to, to see that kind of, like, vibrancy in, a, like, a pr- already known universe. Huh. Yeah. No, agreed. Agreed. Like, you got my brain working now. <laughs> that, that's also why, why, like, what really got me into the Green Lantern, the Grant Morrison's Green Lantern, because I love Grant Morrison, I was going to read it anyway, and I looked at the art, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, right. I was like, I was like, this is space. Like, this is what space needs to look like all the time for yeah, Green man. Lantern. <laughs> yeah, man. For sure. It's, it's so fucking good. Uh, my my interiors, this was a shoe in for me, man. Fallen Angels. Simon, Simon Kredansky mm. doing Fallen Angels. It's just... He he's he's definitely up there for artist of the year for sure. I mean, there's he's he's there's there's a lot of people that can uh, off the I mean easily be named artist of the year. But this week he's definitely artist of the week in my book. That's for sure. At least as far as the interiors go. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite thing you read this week? It's tough, man. There's there's <laughs> well, like I read. Uh, manga too i know you don't talk about manga yeah i'm yeah, i would i would speak in japanese to me <laughs> and, and like and while the art in manga isn't near what it is in comics like some of the stories are great and i really like so so like so like that one manga fan that's listening right now is it's like my Hero academia always good always solid and sticks with the superhero theme uh dr stone always great uh what else is that? am i reading there's another big one that, that, that I read it's like yeah, hold on. I, I, I've, I I know that Berserk put out a big compendium Berserk a, a couple weeks ago big hardcover this is this is going to lose your whole audience Berserk is overrated <laughs> I don't think Post I have I don't think that audience exists on, uh, on my podcast okay, well that, that's sad that, like okay I then I will make a case for it. It's like if you like reading comics, like there's a chance you're gonna like manga. If you if you like just good storytelling, because there's, because like because like, like manga is the same way as comic books, where there is a there is a, a manga for every genre. So um, like like so My Hero Academia is a is a superhero manga, and then uh, Doctor Stone is like a science manga. So like the whole world gets reset. And everybody gets turned into stone, and like one dude wakes up, and he's like, "Well, time to fucking rebuild humanity." And this dude just happens to be a scientist, so he uses science to, to rebuild humanity. Okay. And then uh, Promise Neverland is the other one I was trying to think of, and this one is about a bunch of orphans who are raised on a farm to be eaten by monsters. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, the premise sounds cool, but that's the thing is, it's not the premise of of manga that makes me say no it's yeah. when i open it up and realize it's that i'm reading the white. book backwards for one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're writing the book backwards is what i mean to say yeah
America. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just not my genre, man. It's, it's even when you're reading something like Berserk, you, they're going through, and you still get this panel where it's bubblegum as fuck. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. It's just I, I don't, I don't. Uh, to me, it completely takes away from the story. Yeah. It's like a, a super bright, vivid color movie just automatically switching to black and white without any explanation. That's yeah. that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. I just I don't know. It's not for me. So. Manga is not my shit, man. Not for me. So, your th- your three recommendations uh, are three things that I will never read. Yeah, I mean, I'll fine, say it to fine. your face. <laughs> that's fine. Like, like um, I I think that I, I notice this a lot at like at our comic book shop that we go to. It's just like the manga selection is always just poor. It's always like it's like it's like oh cool here's this book that came out ten years ago and there's nothing new. Yeah. And I, I think that um, those communities would really work well together. Like, yeah. like, it's like, cause like, it's like, like at the end of the day, we're both reading books with pictures and words. <laughs> uh, that's that's true. That's true. I, but that's yeah, just, I've yet, I've never found anything that has ever given me any any promise of oh, I might there might be something out there. Yeah, I've I just haven't found it. Yeah, yeah, so. and, you know, not, not not everything is for everybody. That's yep. why um, half of comic book community hates Superman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and the eyes have it. <laughs> and I use half sparingly because I have never met a comic book fan that actually reads Superman. Like I said, I mean, I I, I gave my my excuse for reading. Superman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm doing it for because I have to. Yeah. Uh, because I'm yeah talk to a lot of people that aren't fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to recruit a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I. Superman's never been my character. It doesn't yeah. matter who's writing him. Uh, yeah. Yes, there's a couple of stories out there that, you know, I, I love the death of Superman story. Yeah. But did it convert me into being a Superman fan? Nah, big fan of Doomsday now, though. I will, I will say, <laughs> uh, I, I've also been reading Batman Superman. That's incredible. It's so good. And, like, and like, I, like it brings out the best in Superman. And, and like and it makes Superman kind of cool like the whole the whole the idea of like hey Superman be an undercover agent dude just like just like just like act you know and it's like that's a, that's a, that's a cool concept like like the the whole uh, the golden boy who like never lies and is like never does anything bad like has to act bad and has to lie and mm-hmm. has to fake something it's like it's a cool concept and of course it's Batman that gets him to do it you mm-hmm. know so like, yeah it's <laughs> that one's that one's been solid too. Like I really, I've been really liking that. Oh yeah, uh, that book's been fucking amazing for mm-hmm. sure. I, I that's one of my more. High, I'm now that deceased isn't a thing. That's that's kind of my go-to right yeah. now. Yeah. And I, and I, I've noticed that Joshua Joshua Williams is it Williams or Williamson? Williamson. Yeah, Williamson. Like everything he writes, I've I've liked. Well, see, this is the, the reason why I enjoy this book so much because this is the first thing that he's written that I've liked. Really. And I keep wanting to re- like his work because it keeps getting recommended to yeah. me and everything that keeps getting recommended to me and keep going I don't like it so so like you didn't like uh, well I, I can't say I liked Odyssey because I didn't really read much of it uh, I dropped it I dropped it pretty fast because I just had too many books but I really liked Flash yeah and, I have yet to read an issue of Flash that I've liked so far then in that case I really suggest Nailbiter it's his image book okay I have good I've heard good things yeah. well, like I said I've, I mean obviously I've heard good things about Flash too but yeah. but Batman Superman has been my okay he can't. He is capable of 
finding me as an audience. Yeah. And well, if you want something that's like Event Leviathan, where it's I like don't want you anything ha- like you have, Event Leviathan, where you have like an actually good whodunit, <laughs> like because like, I because because Event Leviathan was a bad whodunit, so Nailbiter is an actually good whodunit. So okay, all right, cool, all oh, right on, right on. Oh fuck, I really wanted to like Event Leviathan. <laughs> I'm gonna switch this up. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, mm. I'm gonna go from my least favorite to my most favorite, Detective Comics, man. You know, this is like the last time I was on here. You were preaching on Detective Comics, like so that that one's been solid. Like in that, I wasn't I haven't been on it like six months, so that means like like for like six months that that book has been just like solid. Uh, yeah, no. At, at the worst, this book has had is a barely mediocre issue. Yeah. And even then, it still was one of the better books of the week. Yeah. To to I mean, it's it, it's just uh, anything that Tomasi writes. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be on from now on. I was kind of yeah. I was actually hoping when you know we were awaiting the arrival or the announcement of the new ongoing Batman. I was hoping Tomasi would come over because the dude obviously knows how to write Batman, and this is the. I mean, Batman Beyond is incredible, but that aside, this is the best Batman you could be reading right now. Yeah. It's so fucking true. And yeah, there's... But I mean, with anything, there's going to be criticism. It's just... seems like lately it's had more criticism than it should. I, f- I feel like it's been stronger than... Yeah, it has been since the beginning, man. Unfortunately. Or fortunately. I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, because, like, I kind of like him, but... Um, uh. Tinian's on Batman now. I'm gonna be on, gonna be on Batman. Yeah, I'm worrying. It's like I liked his. I did like his detective run. Uh, all right, it was okay. Yeah. Um, and I actually really liked Witching Hour. Like, uh, I don't know if you read Witching Hour. I passed on Witching Hour. It was, it was actually pretty good. I, I really liked it. It's just that he, like, bro, cut down, cut down the typing. It's too much. Like, it's too much. Don't, man. Don't need He's to say too so wordy. Much. Yeah. And because most of that, it's just him saying, <coughs> "Look at all these fucking words I know." Yes. And yes, I respect how smart you are. I there's there's nobody that respects it more than I do. But I'm I'm losing respect yeah. with uh, the just how how with how little respect he has for my time. Yeah, that's that's what it's coming down to. Yeah. Is you know you want people to read you know you want you don't want people just reading your comics. You want yeah. people reading comics all together and to make it so that if people have to spend three and a half hours dissecting all of that shit to realize that none of it fucking meant anything. Yeah. That's so, frustrating. So yeah, so I'm a little apprehensive about Batman, but I know. I know from like I talked to him at um, Comic Con a couple years ago, and like he loves Batman. Like 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 he like that whole universe that the Batman universe like he like loves more than anything. Well, his t- Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover. Oh some yeah, of my, I, shit, my I favorite shit. For, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Those are those are really good. Really really so, good. So I hope he, I hope he like, does it good. But I, I'm a little worried. Yeah. Well, the the. the the numbers will speak for themselves. You know, DC, they may fudge the numbers to us, you know, and say this book is the highest selling whatever, and, you know, and, and it's not, and we all know that. But if, if the numbers come in poor enough, they're they're going to replace them. Yeah. You know, and uh, I, I mean, regardless of what the media and Tom King has said himself... The numbers were poor enough for them to say, "Okay, we're not going to work with this schedule." Because if they were good enough, they yeah. would say, 
we'll work with your new god schedule. We'll work yeah. with your movie writing schedule. Uh, yeah. But because they weren't good enough, they said we're we're not going to allow this direction yeah. and that's why we have Tinian getting ready to come on. And the numbers with the same thing's going to happen with Tinian. I I give them 15 issues before what, we that, see a new writer. Well, like they're going back to a month, so that's over a year. Right. So then see that would be great in my in my mind. Um just a solid 12 issue arc. Like That's kind of what Marvel's been doing lately. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 actually really tired of the four issue arcs. The the four issue arcs are like there's not enough there. It's like the arcs are too fast. I miss the hushes and the long Halloweens where it takes a year and it's all one big story. Or um uh Whitest Night, you know. Like yeah. those big books that, that are long and, and like just great. Like I miss that. Like, you know, when I read a trade paperback now, it's just like it's like, Alright, cool, four issues of a tiny arc that didn't explore nothing. Mm-hmm. So you know, I want a bigger, I want a bigger arc. Yeah, no, I can understand that. I mean, don't get me wrong; I don't want to say do away with small arcs in general. I mean, all together, because I do still like the small arcs. But as far as you know, the uh, the Batman's graves and stuff that we're getting now, it yeah. seems like we're getting more of that. Yeah, you know, it's because even the Black Label stuff, it's oh, this two issues, three issues, four issues is what they're doing. Yeah. So it's and granted they are oversized issues. Yeah. So I guess if you wanted to do the math, you can argue that oh it's a nine issue arc or whatever. Yeah, because I think if there's three issues inside one Black Label. It, well, it depends. Uh, yeah. Killer Smile, uh, that's like twenty two pages. Yeah. That's, okay. that's yeah. It's I mean it, it they. Sh- I don't understand why they prestige that book out. Because yeah. I think they're also going like nine issues with it too, or yeah. something like that. So same, same thing with I mean, they didn't they didn't like prestige it out, but with um, what is it the the Whitest Night sequel, The Curse of the White Knight. Yeah, it's like well, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. And the only reason they didn't prestige that one out is because they didn't prestige the first one because yeah, that wasn't you know, Black Label wasn't a thing when the first White Knight. Yeah, it's was. like it's like you guys really should have made this thicker yeah. <laughs> this is like it's really small yep it's it, but on, on the right side the uh last night on earth is like three issues in one so so that that made me because when i heard it was only gonna be three issues long i got like disappointed and then i saw how big the issues were i was like oh okay so this is actually nine issues essentially yeah yeah <laughs> and then i think um if i if i read because i follow it follow greg Polo and scott Snyder on twitter i'm pretty sure the third issue is longer than the rest of them it is. Yeah. It is, and the only reason why it's delayed is because Capullo went and did uh, Spawn three hundred. Oh yeah. So that's that's why that's delayed there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he, t- he, he likes to take his time with the art, but it pays off. <laughs> yeah, well, Todd McFarlane's paying him, so. He's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Well, shit, man. I. Uh, <laughs> we've we've talked about comics. We talked about stuff, mostly stuff from this week. A little bit of stuff outside of the outside of the box, but that's. That's going to naturally happen when we have a guest host on, especially when you've got a bunch of pent-up comic uh, comic knowledge you want to talk about. I totally get that. But, um, yeah, man, uh, before before I get out of here, I want to give you uh, a little chance to, to plug yourself again, man. Just uh, IR Zach, if you like short comedy videos or uh, commentary videos where artists talk about in-depth things, go check that out. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan for sure. The sad ass is definitely sad your, ass. it's your most popular stuff. But your commentary videos are also very insightful as well. So if one were to uh, initially come on, uh, see sad ass first, and then see your commentary, you might think, oh, I didn't, 
oh, this guy's pretty smart. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, like he's not just, just a comic, you know, yeah. he doesn't understand, or he just doesn't uh, understand beyond most people how to make an incredibly popular 11-second clip. <laughs> yeah, um, like, that's that's a good selling point, is if you don't want to watch a lot of me, they're, all my videos, comedy videos are under 30 seconds. <laughs> so, yeah. So no, I I mean I I could personally recommend following IR Zach for sure on Twitter and inst- or Insta. Uh, yeah, yeah you are on Instagram, but YouTube is the channel. That's that's yeah. where we need you to go. So yeah, I would say my main two things are definitely YouTube and Twitter, and it's IR Zach Zach with a K Z A C K, and all one word IR Zach and R is spelled A R E. Right on, right on, man. Well, uh, at the same time, also support this podcast. Do so by becoming a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash cheers to comics. Starting at a buck, I'm going to start sending you stickers, work your way on up, different tiers, and eventually, once you get to the tippy top there, at least the tippy top that is now, this could just keep growing. You even get comics sent to you, monthly, just by yeah becoming a member of the Flirt Army. Slurred Army, not flirt. I was... <laughs> something. <laughs> My brain stopped working. It's been a long podcast with whiskey. So uh, you can also help this podcast out, support it by leaving a review on Apple or Podchaser, do so, and fuck, I may even read it, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so do all that. Follow Cheers to Comics on Twitter at Cheers to Comics, and that that's gonna, I'm gonna say it's been a podcast. You slurs read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hey, this is Liz. Hey, this is Heather. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From movies and TV to our regular book club and everything in between, we bring you our favorite fandoms with a feminine eye. We are talking Star Wars, Star Trek, DC Marvel, comic books, and anime. And don't forget sci-fi, fantasy, action movies, video games, D&D, board games, and so much more. Be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you find awesome podcasts. You can also find us hanging out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and at nerdybitches.com. See you soon.